Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit centericebury.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Center Ice Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go blues. This is Eddie Garcia from the Fox Sports Radio Network and co-host of the Puck Podcast, and you're listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. He's not going to play for us. There's just something about that last name is not going to make the NHL. It seems like a name that is not conducive to play in the NHL. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the most, the most shallow analysis ever. Talking about Tarasenko real quick. There's been talk about a giant chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I think that chip has gotten bigger now. Can his shoulder handle it, though? If that's really the question. To finally see that happen was, uh, I mean, that was one of the fantastic moments of, of my life when, when that final buzzer went in Boston and when I get to get down to the ice and I was able to hoist the Stanley Cup uh, when I was standing on the ice. That was a, a very, very special moment. You know, he would say to me after we'd have a, a beer, he'd say, well, Joe, he said, you really embarrassed yourself tonight. <laughs> that was Dan, and I said, uh, okay. We'll see what uh, what memories uh, Philip Grubauer has from round four. <laughs> Man, I want to punch that guy in the face. Hey, Blues fans. I like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former Blues netminder Jamie McLennan, and here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Welcome to Season 10, Episode 19 of Let's Go Blues Radio, where the often imitated, never duplicated, fully vaccinated, the 10-time defending podcast champion, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Special thanks to rockin'thatidlife.com and centerizebrewery.com for probably sponsoring the show. Please check them out. It is Wednesday, January 19th, and we're broadcasting live on YouTube and Facebook. This is franchise episode number 337, all time. Uh, to interact with the show, we're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram, just do a search for us. You will find us. I'm Kurt Price, and my co-host for the big show are Jeff Ponder and Bill Day. And tonight we're talking the St. Louis Blues retiring Chris Pronger's number, the big 5-3 win versus the National Predators. What uh, number do the Blues retire next? Do we have a goalie controversy? And some news from the NHL, including uh, Willie Arias' number finally being retired. The NHL has made some big change to their COVID testing process. And uh, why is the young Bryce Idol so busy? All that and uh, more on this week's edition of Let's Go Blues Radio. Do, do you just want me to answer all those things right now? And then just hey, you want to show off? We're done, like, uh, yeah, show? sure. Uh, so, prong retirement, great. Uh, blues winning, awesome. Uh, let's see, what was there things you said? Um, uh, no, I don't want to talk about what jersey number to be retired next. Uh, goalie controversy, no. Uh, new dates, and uh, great. COVID testing changes, great. Uh, and Drysdale's pissy because he's in Edmonton. Boom, show over. <laughs> We're done. We're done, guys. Good show. Uh, last show, Jeff was not here. He was, he was missed not. dearly. Um, I could tell. And uh, did you want to mention the uh, the giveaway winner? 
for uh, sure. Know, you, you did it online, but it's on the show. Yeah, and, and on the podcast version of last week's episode. Yeah, we'll we'll give him credit again. Uh, Matt Harris, uh, one of our live listeners, who's usually here, and I haven't seen him comment yet. But uh, there he, is. Uh, he was here. He's here. Yep, there he is. They're all Matt is our winner. So. Matt, we will be sending you the book. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this week, maybe next week, maybe next year. We'll figure it out. Uh, but I already got your address, so we will be sending you that, along with some stickers that uh, that, that show off. Let's go Blues Radio! So, thank you to everyone for participating, and congratulations to Matt for his awesome picture of the beer he was drinking along with watching the Winter Classic. So, very cool. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody else as well. Those stickers are the best stickers in town. They are. And uh, the My Blues Note is the greatest book ever written by a Blues Hall of Famer. Mm. Okay. Uh, Has Hall written a book? Yeah, he's not in the Hall of Fame. Brett Hall is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but Plager's not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Hall of Fame. Hockey Hall of Fame, not St. Louis Hall of Fame. McInnes, I don't think he's written one. You know what Gretzky probably has, but I guess he's not really a St. Louis Blue. He's not really. The best one is by Bernie Paderko. My blues note. I'll make that claim now. And Rutherford. And JR. Yes, of course. Jeremy Rutherford. <laughs> Wait. Friend of the sh- I, I, Friends I, I, of the show, Bernie Friends Federico of the shoe. Jeremy Rutherford. Friends of the shoe. But I thought it was our policy not to give Rutherford any credit on air. Oh, that's right. For, that, for anything. Somehow it was Erica Weston's yeah. doing the book. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow Erica <laughs> is the one that talked him into doing it, and she actually wrote all of it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think she gets. Mm-hmm. I think it's like twenty percent of the proceeds of the sales too. Yeah, she should at least. <laughs> she, she really should. She gets all the proceeds from Let's Go Blues Radio too. Yeah, the negative. So she actually pays us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. how it she works. Pays us. Yeah, we 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 operate in the red. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever that is, she yeah she balances it out. <laughs> uh, official beers of episode number three hundred and thirty-seven. You can follow each of us on the Untapped app. My handle is at CPrice12. Jeff's is JPon94 and Bill's is Billy Blue Note 33. Jeff, um, we're just going to keep rolling with you uh, leading us off since that's uh, the leadoff man for the beers of the week. Just call me David Eckstein. Yep. Um, I I have got uh, tonight from Breckenridge Brewery. Trying to get a good. <laughs> I thought that there. was a bush with the mountains. It is not a bush. <laughs> the, the, um, the, the light kind of kind of uh, bleeded out the the wording. It looked like a bush. Yep, so that is uh, the Avalanche Amber Ale from Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, good beer to have. Caramel malt body with a light hop character is how they uh, Breckenridge describe puts it. Out some good, really good, good beer. chili beer. Good good chili night beer, which is why I'm drinking it. I had a Breckenridge uh, the uh, Monday night after the uh, Blues game. at uh, Vanilla Porter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my That's favorite uh, Breckenridge, Porter, uh, Breckenridge Brewery beers. BBB. My, my yep. buddy is not a beer drinker. Actually, former co-host of the show, Justin Wilson, not a beer drinker, but he loves that vanilla porter. He says he'll drink that anytime. Nice. Breckenridge is a uh, an AB portfolio uh, product. Mm. So, so they're semi-local. A, semi-local. Yeah, Even though, ownership. really, that feels like Jeff just repped the Colorado Avalanche since a little bit. It is bit. Colorado and it is Avalanche. Yeah. That's weird, Jeff. But I did, uh, I did, well, I did rep the uh, Sam the Adams Avalanche again. I did rep Sam Adams uh, on our post Stanley Cup victory show. True. 
Yeah, yeah, I, that, was I, more I, that, was, that was rubbing it in the faces, though. I, that I was spite. Not only, yeah, I, I not only it by am I going to win the oh, wait, Stanley I own Cup. I the Sam Adams. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Not only like are you going to win the Stanley the Cup in your building, we are going to drink all your beer, too. That's what you were saying. No, I was saying I own the beer like the Blues own the Bruins. That, that was my... That's, yes, agree. Same thing. Uh, and no, I'll say I'm drinking the this Avalanche Amber Ale because I'm watching the Avalanche right now as we speak. I am, too. No score. Yes. Midway I'm watching the, the Ducks. I don't know about you. I'm yeah. watching the Ducks. Go Ducks. <laughs> Go Ducks. Go Bill. Uh, Go Bill. What you got? Oh, put me on the spot. I actually, um, Firestone Walker, um, they're from California, so I'm kind of wrapping the Ducks. Firestone Walker, Cinnamon Dolce. There mm. it is. Cinnamon Dolce Nitro Stout. So it's coffee stout um, flavored with uh, cinnamon and vanilla. And uh, they said they're, you know, that they set out to make something that tasted like a cinnamon dolce latte and they got pretty close. I like it. First time I think I've had <clears throat> Firestone Walker on the show. So good stuff. I, very nice. I just saw a, a jersey posted on Twitter that I wouldn't mind owning. <laughs> um, Steve Baranowski. Um, tweeted this out. I don't know who it is, but he, he does follow me. Um, and he, uh, I, I liked it. So if you guys have a moment to uh, check out something, that I'll retweet it just for fun. There we go. Have you guys, to totally go off the rails here, have you guys ever checked out geekyjerseys.com? Geeky? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Geeky. G-E-E-K-E jerseys.com. I'm, I'm telling you that, and I'm going to make you guys lose all your money because you're going to go on this site it's just the craziest, weirdest jerseys you can find. G E E what? Geeky, G E E K Y jerseys. My beer what's your beer? Show Kirk? Is um I, I I'm I'm rocking a sponsor. I'm going ID Life today. Nice. Tonight. Yeah, it's not a beer of the show. It's a beverage of the show. It's uh, energy. Energy what, ID what, Life. What flavor? Uh, pina colada. Nice. So yeah. Hmm. Well, I hear you like. No, I'm sorry. That's, that's an old one. Uh, I don't know which one this is. Is it a strawberry? It might be a strawberry. Hmm. Strawberry. Tastes good. It tastes like strawberry-ish. It's good. Uh, well, while we're on, well, beverages of the show, Matt Harris says I'm drinking a D's Nuts from Redbone Magic Brewery <clears throat> in Texarkana. Hasn't he had that before? Um, I think I he has. I believe he has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I might have already told this story before, but I thought it was hilarious when my uh, 10-year-old nephew got my uh, my mom, his grandmother, with a D's Nuts joke. <laughs> she was very appealed. <laughs> as, as a grandmother would have to be. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's walking around her, her living room going, Grandma, have you seen my, my D's? Where's, where's my D's? You see my D's anywhere? She's like, D's what? And he goes, D's Nuts? Uh, and, of course, all the adults started cracking up. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, let's see. Ken Morris says, nice to see all three of you on the air. When there's only two, it's like watching the Three Stooges without Curly or Moe or the yeah. Marx Brothers without Groucho or Harpo. Hmm. I mean it as a compliment. So who I guess, the, I guess we the, all complete each other. Who is the other Marx brother? Groucho, Harpo, and... Uh... Uh, I think it was Elmo. <laughs> Larpo? <laughs> Larpo. Groucho, Harpo, and uh, Kermit? I don't know. Huh. 
Uh, <laughs> we, these are things we should know, I, but we know. I mean, should we though? That was before my time. Well, I don't think I should. I'm too young. It was it was before our time, but it's something. Yeah, that it, I feel like it's one of those things we should have acquired, especially you know, especially those of us that like to think we're decent at trivia. And I'm sure that's a pretty good trivia. Uh, Chico, Harpo, Chico, Rocho, nice. Chico. and then there was also there was also Gummo and Zeppo yes. as well. I've, I've, okay. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Troy account, uh, January 19th, 2013. Vladimir Tarasenko made his NHL debut and became the second St. Louis Blues player uh, since Doug Palazzari to score two goals in his first NHL game. He was named the number one star in the Blues' 6 0 win versus the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I remember this game very well. Um, huge game because this was the first game right out of the short the way to shorten season that season and this is the last my son's first game he's ever seen okay this was the last season the red wings were in the same division as the blues in the central so and uh i i the the hype surrounding tarasenko coming into this game and the hatred of the wings uh still being very strong uh it was we ended up finishing four points ahead of Detroit in the standings that season, uh, and finished in second. They finished in third. So I guess we have that as some kind of bragging rights that the, the very last season nope. we were in the same division with Detroit. We finished ahead of them. So there's there's that. Nah, it still pisses really me off to this much. day that when the Blues got good and they got bad, they left. And we right. Beat up on them. Fucking pissed me off. Um, the other big notes from this game, uh, this was the day that Stan Usual passed. So when the Blues scored a 6 nothing win, that was 6 for Stan. So that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, let's see, who got the shutout in that game? That was, uh, was it Halak? I believe got the shutout? No. Was it Halak? That, I don't remember. I believe it was. I think it was Halak. Uh, so a couple big things in this game, but yeah, that was a that was a big. It's one of those big ones, like uh, uh, last January when the Blues opened the season against Colorado and just made them look stupid. It was the same thing here. You come you come out of game one and you're like, holy shit, this team is going to contend for a Stanley Cup. And uh, you know, clearly that didn't happen. I think they were out against L.A. that year. They in lost the in the first round, round against L.A. We finished uh, second to Dallas. Had a good season. We had a good season. Yeah, but. <clears throat> Yeah, couldn't. That was the. Was that the? Um, that was the Steen double overtime. The Steen uh, shorty. shorty. Yeah. Short handed goal. Yeah. 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 And uh, game one, uh, when um, Petrangelo was taken out, dirty yep. play behind the net, yep. and then um, and then we gave up a goal while we had a five on three advantage. Mm-hmm. It was bad. Yep. Uh, January nineteenth, two thousand and nine. David Backus scored with one second left in the game to tie. Uh, the, the Bruins in a Blues five to four shootout win versus the uh, Boston Bruins. Great save by Jackman with uh, the empty net behind him with the goalie pulled to allow Backus the opportunity to tie it up. Uh, shootout goals by Oshie and Boys, Brad Boys uh, in that game. Um, remember this well because this was out on TV locally. This was yep uh, broadcast on NESN. So any video you see on YouTube of this game, or if you watch this clip, uh, it's the Boston Bruins broadcast. Uh, was not broadcast one of the one of the last years, I believe, that uh, not every game was broadcast. And this was wasn't it a holiday. It's an afternoon game, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, it was Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, it was yeah. Martin Luther King yeah. Day. Okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, yeah, and I remember listening on the on the radio and just being, I mean, excited, but then pissed that it wasn't on TV. Mm-hmm. This was also the last or the game that uh, that was the year the Blues went back to the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time since the lockout. <laughs> Um, when they had that insane run at the end of the year. They were saying they this all, game triggered it, yeah. This was the game that, that pushed it. Uh, everybody pointed back at this game and said, this was the game. And I think that, as a fan, it makes you even more mad because you're like, the best game of the year, the game that turned them around, we couldn't even watch. <laughs> It'd be like uh, missing Bennington's debut where he shut out, uh, had the shutout uh, in 19. That, that kind of kick-started the, the team, you know? He didn't get a shutout in his first game. I think he yeah, had a lot of one goal. No, in his first game that no. season, it was a shutout. Yeah, against Philly. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that season, um, you know, I just remember uh, Chris Mason just went on that really crazy hot streak at the end of the season mm-hmm. to help us help get us over the line. And then we just couldn't do shit against Vancouver. I remember and talking to, got I remember talking swept. to, yeah, I remember talking to Kerber and he was like, he's like, yeah, we won too many games because if we, we, we finished, I think sixth in the conference, mm-hmm. I think. And, yep. uh, I think uh, a lot of people were wanting us to finish about seventh, uh, because we, uh, would have, I forgot who we would have played, but it was a easier matchup. It was a uh, mu- right, much yeah. better matchup for us. Yeah. The one team we didn't want to play was Vancouver and that was the right. team that the Blues played. And we got them. Yep. Yep. Uh, January 19th, 1976, the St. Louis Blues received permission from the NHL Board of Governors to move the franchise. This is 76. This is not the Ralston Purina days. People remember Saskatoon in 1983, but forget about this in 76. If there would have been an out-of-town buyer, uh, the NHL would have approved the move. So, and this is right. This is a story you just don't hear. You don't, you forget about because it didn't go anywhere. You know, there was no... I mean, there was a there was a possibility they could have moved, they could have found a buyer, but there was no buyer, so there was no, you know, they, they ended up staying. But and then almost moving in '83, I believe it was, with the uh, Ralston and Saskatoon and yeah. that mess. Yeah, I mean, this era. Well, we don't remember it. Well, I I was born in '76, so you know, didn't didn't have any kind of you know recognition <laughs> of of life at that. I was point. too. I was too. Uh, but it, it, it's one of those it, that was such a bad era for the NHL and being able to keep franchises uh, in small markets, right? We had Colorado that a couple of years later would wind up um, moving on to um, uh, to New Jersey. Um, Kansas City moved to Colorado before that. Cleveland folded. Didn't what half their team went to Minnesota or something like that? It just it was the, just a bad era for the NHL trying to expand. Well, there just, were, yeah, the, the, apparently a lot of the uh, teams had issues with their arenas. Um, as far as I mean, the team was profitable, but the building was not. So they were they were just they it was too expensive to operate. Uh, I mean, these buildings uh, they didn't have the events otherwise. Um, that you know they were going to other stadiums and things around town, so I, a lot of the NHL stadiums weren't, I guess, uh, necessarily as con- as conducive for uh, other events as uh, right. So not and that, multi-use and that, venue, yeah, not as much uh, as they are now. But the, and that was apparently the problem. So I uh, think like eighteen uh, teams at the time had some issues like that, something like that. 
close to it. So, January 19th, 2017, Jake Allen was pulled twice in the same game versus the Washington Capitals after allowing two goals each time. Uh, he allowed two goals, then a few minutes later, uh, then a few minutes uh, go by in the game after he's pulled by Hitchcock, and then Hitchcock puts him back in. Then he allows two more goals and gets pulled again. Um, and Allen, the, the camera catches him slamming his stick as he goes down the hall after being pulled the second time. That's probably the most emotion uh, he ever showed uh, wearing the blue note. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, you didn't know. Not talking to see a goalie pulled controversy. Twice. Some goalie yeah. controversy at that time. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. That was, oh, yeah. I think, you know, that was the signaling of the annual, oh, Jake Allen forgot how to hockey again. Because <laughs> um, it was always January, right? End of January that he just, he had had a decent year to that point, And, you know, just for two months, couldn't figure anything out. And uh, uh, that's his... You know, that was his legacy until you know his legacy became um, being able to emulate the other team's goalie uh, during the run. Uh, Ken Morris said in YouTube chat, I still hate the Dead Wings. I think many of us feel that way. Uh, he also said lots of hitting in that Blues Kings series. That was a that was a big that was a big boy series. Two big yeah, teams. Yeah, it was. And uh, Ken Morris also said uh, the seventy six nineteen seventy six was yeah. the WHA era as well. Lots of player bidding. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. That was right. nice. I Gord- really wish yeah, I could have yeah. Like I look at as a hockey fan, I look at the seventies and I say, you know, if there's one era that I'm not that I've not lived through that I'd want to live through, it'd be the nineteen seventies. Like the WHA, the the barnstorming teams, the the Flyers and the Islanders. Um, and to just witness the, the the rise of a league competing with the NHL, like that would be so interesting to, to watch that unfold. Uh, we'll go ahead and talk about uh, the Blues retiring Chris Pronger's number 44. And uh, we we're all at that game. So we'll kind of give our thoughts on that after this message from ID Life. You don't live your life like the guy you see at the gym powerlifting seven days a week. You also don't live it like the cycling class instructor or the vegan who gets her steps every day. So why go to the vitamin store and try the same stuff they're using and hope it meets your needs? Newsflash, it doesn't. RockinThatIDLife.com is here to help you better understand how you respond to food and exercise. Their supplements are developed to make sure you're using quality products you can trust to achieve the results that are meaningful to you is your goal to improve overall energy achieve deeper sleep lose or gain weight the answer to all of those options rocking that id life can help our friend dustin at rocking that id life.com is here to help you do life better and achieve your goals not someone else's get started today by visiting rocking that id life.com or emailing dustin at rocking that id life at gmail.com and tell him let's go blues radio sent you to receive 10 percent off your order that's rocking that id dlife.com and start your betterment journey today and to you all (laughs) not yet not yet From boos to cheers, you always showed passion for the game. 
for my style of play, and I thank you very much for helping mold me into the man that I've become, a young 20-year-old at when I got here in the favored trade for Shanny. <laughs> Leaving a man at 30 with two kids, soon to be three, and a wife. Uh, when you play in a city for 10 years and move back to a city, I've been here now 10 more years. Uh, and And think about my hometown of Dryden. I lived there 15, so this is my new adopted home, being here now 20 years. You always motivated me to play harder, pushed me to play to be my best, and held me to a standard that I relished and tried to match. So cheers to you all. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Let's watch it, let's watch it go up. Cheers. Thank you all. That was uh, awesome. Uh, was we that all... not the coolest thing you've ever seen? In a, and I'm not even just – listen, I'm a, I'm a fanboy. Don't get me wrong. Chris Pronger is who I loved growing up. But was that not the coolest thing you've seen in a jersey retirement ceremony? A dude toasting the crowd and then chugging a beer before they raise his banner up. So uh, awesome. So St. Louis. Chris Bray in the YouTube chat says, do you have express written consent to show this video? Uh, I do believe it's fair use. <laughs> <laughs> it's on YouTube, so it's fair use. And this is on YouTube. So we're just, we're just, yeah, okay. So the St. Louis Blues uh, official uh, account did post that. So please go check out the St. Louis Blues official account like you haven't done that already. <laughs> yep. And uh, thank you, what is it, to Bally's, I guess, for officially doing the video. Yes, and then right. the St. Louis Blues themselves for putting on the ceremony. There, we have our bases covered. Shut up, yes. Chris Bray. <laughs> <laughs> uh matt harris says god mm -hmm. i wish pronger was my dad <laughs> nice um yeah i mean it i just so awesome mm. i uh i again i mean we'll, we'll talk about the whole ceremony here but that whole that part of him cheers cheersing the crowd and just basically saying you know bottoms up oh man i lost my shit i thought that was the coolest thing ever yeah, so, just one of those moments that you will always just it, it warms the cockles, right? You were there for it, and I, I don't know about you, but I I certainly raised. I had a center ice hip check. I raised my glass to him right when he did that. So yeah, yep, awesome me too. Moment. Maybe even in the subcockles, maybe even in the colon. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, all three of us were were obviously there, uh, which we talked about. Um, ceremony is about 45 minutes long, which, uh, didn't, I mean, it, that may sound like a long time, but it did not seem like a long time. It, it was well done and it was entertaining and it was, it was just, uh, it didn't, it seemed to go by pretty quick. Um, they, they talked about being in your seats by 6 PM sharp because the ceremony starts at 6 PM sharp. Do not be late 6 PM be in your seats. If you want to see the ceremony, um, everybody and their brother was saying that on the news, it was on the website, it was on Twitter, it was on Facebook, everywhere. Be in your seat at six o'clock. I'm in my seat at six o'clock. It didn't start at six. It was like six oh eight. <laughs> yep. That's that's you know, that's just 
telling everybody basically be in your seats sure. by five fifty five. Sure. That'll get them there by six. And fun. then we can start by six oh five. That's standard, I guess. That's just what you do in show business. I loved how many times during the ceremony they mentioned uh how unpopular the trade was. Pronger mentioned it, McKinnis mentioned it, Kerber mentioned it. Um Pronger a few times. I heard uh, Kerber on the radio today on uh the Riz show. Uh do you guys hear that interview by chance? Mm-mm. He he said uh, that apparently he had it written out that he was going to mention Mike Keenan's name. And he decided, I don't want to do that because I don't want people booing. <laughs> and then Chris Pronger walks up, and that's the first thing he says, yeah. thanks to Mike Keenan. <laughs> and then Houghton booed, and he laughed. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and apparently there was some talk, again, from Chris Kerber today on the radio, that uh, they actually toyed with the idea of inviting Mike Keenan. Well, they did but get a quote from him. They got a, I mean, but they didn't, they, they didn't play they didn't it in the want ceremony. They didn't do it because they knew that that would turn into oh, this yeah. is Mike Keenan's <laughs> first return to St. Louis, like, as a, like, not as a coach, but like there for a ceremony. <laughs> That'd been and a they idea. didn't want that taken over the headlines. Yeah. yeah that a bad idea. Yeah. He's, he's not welcome here. No. 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 That would have been terrible. Um, and that was a good call to not bring him. Not even, do not even have a clip of him on the video screen. That'd have been too much. Yeah. Um, they had a they had a quote from him on the website along with about a dozen other people quoting and giving their thoughts on pronger which that was fine but uh, yeah keep that that's that's the that's the buffer you want between <laughs> blues fans and keenan is uh, a quote on a website nothing in person uh McKinnis called pronger uh the best all-around defenseman of all time better than or better than Lidstrom. So your thoughts on that? I thought, I mean, uh, now we've discussed on this show before about how we thought, you know, Pronger, arguably the best player in Blues history. You know, you can make a case for it. Um, but McKinnis came out and said best uh, defenseman ever in the NHL, which, I mean, that's that's a big statement from a very good, from a Hall of Famer. From a, from a fellow Hall of Famer, fellow right. number one defenseman. Let's face it, this team had two number one defensemen for a while there. Um, yeah, when I mentioned this to my father-in-law before the ceremony, I was talking to him about it. He's big Cardinals fan, pretty big Blues fan. Um, I said something about how I think he's the greatest player in Blues history, and he looked at me like I had just snorted a, a ton of Coke. Uh, he thought I was crazy. He's like, what about yeah. Brett Hall? What about Bernie? And I'm like, yes, their numbers are better, and they were probably – I'd have to look at the games played, but I imagine their numbers are higher there as well. But, the again, we've said this on the show a million times, the way Pronger controlled the game, when it was like the Blues were hemmed in their zone and they needed something to change it, whether it was a big hit or a fight or just a guy to clear the puck and just get it out or just take control behind the net and then – lead a breakaway pass to Pavel Dimitra or whoever it was. He was the guy that did that over and over again. He was the anchor of that team. So just the way he controlled the ice, the way that he controlled the game, you know, he ate up minutes, you know, the stats we heard a bunch there about the dude played over 30 minutes a night in a year that he won the Hart Trophy and the um, uh, Norris Trophy for best defenseman. Um just unbelievable stuff to, to kind of look back and reminisce about. And the fact that we lived through this and saw this, mm-hmm. uh, yes, in my opinion, best blue ever, most well-rounded defenseman ever. That's really hard to argue. Um, I don't know, 
but yeah. I will say he's he's in the conversation. Yeah. I mean, all around yeah. the fence. <clears throat> Go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. No, I was I was going to say he's he's got to be top five in my book. Um, I I don't think I I make him number one, um, you know. And as as much as we hate the Detroit Red Wings, I I think you know Nicholas Lidstrom probably will go down as because he he did a lot of the same things as Pronger, just didn't have the mean streak. Um, you know, but his ability to control the tempo of a game and just you know make a great stretch pass when he needed to, or just shut the game down when he needed to was great. But Pronger in terms of blues defenseman, you know, I, I put him above McKinnis. Um, McKinnis was great, but yeah, Pronger by far best defenseman on this team. Every, everything went through Pronger. I mean, the, 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 everything in the defensive zone was, he was always in the middle of everything. And everything, and and it's and he 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 was the main cog in the transition up the ice most of the time. Um, he was he was very good in the offensive zone. He had a very good shot, underrated shot from the point. Um, and he put up some points. Uh, I think you know, he he finished uh, top five in Norris Trophy voting seven times. Uh, was robbed a couple of times. Rob Blake has one of Pronger's uh, Norris trophies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, because so Pronger finished the the year Rob Blake won it in ninety seven ninety eight, Pronger finished third that year behind Blake and Lidstrom, which I thought was a crime at the time. I still do. Pronger was plus yep. forty seven, led the league, in plus minus. Blake was a minus three, and had and but he put up more points. How do you win the Norris Trophy as a minus defenseman? I mean, come Lidstrom on, right. did it a couple of years later too. Lidstrom has a plus twenty two, and he had more points. As well, but Pronger was the dominant defenseman that year. I mean, he 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 earned the, that was his trophy. The comment that that really, I honestly maybe I thought about it when I was younger, but I, I don't remember. But when he said it, when Chris Kerber said this, I was like, oh, that's a great point. How many Norris Trophy voting votes did Pronger and McKinnis split? Yeah, like mm-hmm. how many times? Yeah. Was somebody like, oh, I think it should go to McKinnis, and yeah. you know the guy next to him, oh, it should go to Pronger. So if the Blues only had one of those guys, how many more Norrises mm-hmm. would either of those guys won? It was like uh, a lot Pujols, of holes. I bet like Pujols, Edmonds, and uh, Roland for the Cardinals with MVP voting. Uh, it's, in it's, a, it's a crime. Yeah. It's a crime that Pronger and McKinnis both only won one Norris each. Both yeah. of those guys yeah. should have dominated the Norris, and I'm not taking anything away from Lidstrom. Lidstrom won a ton. He deserved it. Didn't he win like Brian six? And it should have been right there with him the whole time. Lidstrom yeah. won six trophies, was mm-hmm. it, or something like that. He won a lot, right? And and the year that Blake won it over uh, over Pronger, it was it, that that was the era where it was like, well, next year it's this guy's, and that's what it felt like when when Blake got it and Pronger didn't, because it was it was what uh, Lidstrom, it was Niedermeyer. Um, you know, just it, it was, you know, it, it, everybody had this idea that this person should have won last year. So they're going to win this year. And it seemed to work out that way. And, you know, Pronger eventually got his, but yeah, two, years, two years later, yeah. he got it. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. And it, it, I mean, and that, that does, that does truly. And I know that, you know, obviously we're seeing in the praises of Chris Pronger right now, but, that really does. That season, is, as much as it sucks because they didn't go anywhere in the playoffs, but that season when he won the Hart and the Norris, that's one of the best seasons ever. 
for NHL, mm-hmm. any NHL player. I mean, the numbers he put up, he was a plus 52 and playing over 30 minutes a night against the best players in the NHL. That's insane. And you think about his defensive partner and, and nothing against the guy. He's a great hockey mind. Todd Reardon. Mm-hmm. Who the, you tell somebody now who's even a big blues fan. Oh, yeah, Pronger. Who was he paired with? And, uh, you know, to, oh, it was uh, what, Salvador, McKinnis, uh, you know, even Finley. No, it was this guy named Todd fucking Reardon. Like, and he put up those numbers paired with him. That's insane. He was a plus 140 with the Blues and a plus 183 for his career. Uh, his uh, He had 931 uh, penalty minutes in 598 games played for St. Louis. Averaged 29.03 ice time, time on ice for St. Louis, which is the most for any Blues player ever. Uh, since they've been uh, keeping track of that stat, Pronger averaged almost four and a half minutes more ice time per game than Petrangelo did as a blue. So that's and Petrangelo played a lot. So that's that's uh, that's quite a bit. Well, and that's why, like when they said a couple weeks ago uh, that Falk, there was some game, I don't remember what it was, but Falk played in over thirty minutes, and they talked about that for weeks. Which, hey, that is an accomplishment. That's don't get me wrong, that's awesome, and Justin yep. Falk, you know, deserved <clears throat> the praise, but. Put that in comparison to Chris Pronger. He was doing that every night, over 30 minutes, every single night. Didn't matter who they were playing. If it was the Buffalo Sabres or the Detroit Red Wings, it didn't matter. Ken Moore says, uh, Bork, Lidstrom, Scott Stevens, Bobby Orr, Brad Park. So he, I'm assuming he's saying that uh, those are ahead of Pronger, maybe? Or with Pronger. Pronger least. was one of the best events in what? Yeah, oh, along with him. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean that's... Yeah, I mean it, it, he's up there with all of them. I mean, li, I mean, My, Lindstrom, Scott Stevens. Uh, right. The thing and is, dude, they, they talked about on I forgot where I heard this. It made a lot of sense. Was that uh, Scott Stevens couldn't play today the way he played back then? Pronger could play. He'd be Pronger. Pronger he, he, would have more penalty minutes, he, but Scott Stevens would be suspended every other that's, game. That's what I'm saying. That he would he would have a lot of suspensions. He wouldn't be allowed to do what he did. Pronger would take some penalties, elbowing stuff like that, uh, cross jacking, but he wouldn't get suspended uh, like uh, like Scott Stevens would. So I think that that that's a big deal. Um, whether it was legal or not at the time that Scott Stevens played, you know, I mean, looking back on it. Um, it's it's dirty hockey. It just wasn't dirty at the time. Does that make sense? And Pronger was dirty. Pronger had more than his oh, yeah. share of dirty plays. He was a uh, he played on the edge all the time, and he crossed he, it. Sus- but yeah, suspended several Scott, times. Yeah, but Scott a- Stevens every, did that every hit. He's going for the head. He was going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I I want to refute something you guys said last week. You you both uh, one of you it might have been both of you said uh, something that um, uh, if Scott Stevens had stayed in St. Louis, he could have had a pronger type career in St. Louis. I'm going to disagree because Stevens was great. Don't get me wrong; one of my favorite players of all time. And yes, he would not be able to play nowadays because of the way he hit. But the thing that set Pronger aside from a Scott Stevens and on the opposite end of the spectrum, a Jeff Brown was that he did it all. Scott Stevens was not an offensive player. When uh, uh, let's uh, let's look it up because I I want to I'm off memory. I think Scott Stevens had a pretty good offensive year here. Did he not? But he wasn't an offensive guy elsewhere. 
especially in New Jersey. But right. Well, New I think like, he was New here. Jersey's whole deal right. was to not be an offensive team. Right. Right. They they wanted just to to win one to nothing every game. Five goals, forty four assists. Not but bad. Total. Definitely not bad. Yeah, in St. Louis, and just a little over a season, right? So it was. Yeah. It, yeah seven, well, no, it was one season. He, seventy-eight 40, games. Forty-nine points in seventy-eight games, which is very good. That's good. Yeah, no, it's much better. Good. Much, and uh, let me see his points for yeah, and it's well, okay. He was okay with New Jersey. He did. He put up fifty-nine and sixty-eight. He had some very. He. I mean, he, he, he okay, was you, good. He was up until about halfway through his career. That's when he stopped putting up points. Like he did, he was a 50, 60, 70 point guy um, up until the second half of his career. That's when, that's when he kind of, my different, point guy, my point, point guy. is if you put them both on the blues, if you, in separate times, you put Stevens on the blues and you put Pronger on the blues for their whole careers. Chris Pronger's putting those numbers up his whole career. Stevens dipped. Yes. Because of the play in New Jersey, his points dipped, but. I just think Chris Pronger had – he was still playing in 2011 before his injury the same way he was playing in 2000, putting up points, getting the penalty minutes. Yes, not good, but putting up the physical play, playing against top players all the time. I, nothing, and, again, nothing against Scott Stevens. He had an excellent career, Hall of Fame worthy for sure. But Chris Pronger, to me, is one slight step above Scott Stevens. And I, I think he – He's did, right there with Lidstrom. As, did we say as that one last of the week? Best players to ever we, play the game. Did we say, who said Stevens last week was would be like? I, I it might have been Bill. It. Did you say that, Bill? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I can't remember it. If if I did, I I think my a, a more appropriate point is that I think if Stevens stays here, we could ride him to a cup. Right? He That's, was that, he was, that was a, a, good a big enough anchor. Right, that, that's that what he could have. He yeah, could have put part. us over yeah. the hump. That's, that's. I agree with that, but I. Yeah. But look at what Pronger did when he left here. Right, Pronger he, and he Stevens both went on to win multiple. Well, Pronger only won the one cup, but he went to multiple Stanley Cup but, finals. Stevens won multiple, and cups. everywhere he went after he left here, he took them to the final. Right, he yeah. he yep. goes to Edmonton and he took that Except team to the cup final. And Edmonton. Well, well, Cap, <laughs> he never played a Phoenix. game. Right. The, the the thing with Edmonton is that he put that team on his back that playoff season. Right, that was all pronger. That Somebody, was easy. I've never, right. I've never seen Tommy a defenseman Salo and Dwayne Rollison look like yeah. Vesna goalies. I have never seen a defenseman, um, in, ever carry a team like he carried that Edmonton team that postseason. I mean, it was every game. He was so dominant. And you couldn't stop him. He was scoring goals. He yep. scored a penalty shot goal in that series. Yep. Penalty shot and goal in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. Still the only defenseman to ever do that. That was nuts. And he played, and it was game seven, too, of the final. Well, and that was the funny thing about that penalty shot. I don't know if you guys remember that. I think it was uh, that the Hurricanes, uh, one of the players covered the puck in the crease. So the rule on that is anyone, any of the five players on the ice can take the penalty shot. Their best offensive weapon was a defenseman. They were like, yeah, Chris Pronger, get out there and take the penalty shot. No question. And he scored. Weren't you at game seven, Bill, in Carolina? I was. That's right. Yeah. I was. Yeah. At, uh, it, in, at this point, it is, it's a blur. I barely remember that there was even a penalty <laughs> shot in that game. But, but yeah, I mean, depending on who you had out on the ice, like, you know, is it, is it, uh, you know, um, 
Ryan Smith. I'd probably go with Ryan Smith if he was available on the ice. Uh, but if it's uh, Todd Marchand, um, or no, no, not not the only that. other player I could think of that was out there. I think was Michael Pekka, which would have been a decent selection too. But go with Pronger. He's got the offensive yeah. weapon. Yeah. If um, he, if he, if, if look the, what he did. If the Oilers yeah. win that series, he's the MVP easily. Oh, run clearly. A, run there was away. people run saying there was people saying he deserved Con Smythe even though they lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is only yeah. the last time and it happened was uh, Glenn Hall. J.S. Yeah, Shiger. Yeah, that's right. No, Shiger did it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no. That that's you know I I remember having that conversation with with one of the guys I was there with. You know that we could see that again, you know, because Jaguar was only what th- uh, three years before that, that he did it. And um, Pronger was such a dominant force in that series that y- you just, it was, you had the feeling that was going to happen, but I mean, it, it wound up going to, um, to Cam Ward. Right. So it was, it was right, the, yeah. the goalie, the goalie that, uh, that finally stopped the Oilers juggernaut. But I mean, it could have been could have been uh, Justin Williams, but as as good as Pronger was here, and he was, and we talk about how dominant he was, best player in Blues history, arguably, best, certainly best defenseman. We think uh, the best hockey I've ever seen him play was with Edmonton in that playoff uh, run. Yep. That's I mean, he was he was head and shoulders better than he was here, and he was amazing here. It was that's how good he was there. And they let somebody, him go. They didn't. They didn't. Somebody, well, they had to trade him. He requested a trade. Oh, that's right. I um, thought he. I thought it was a one year. I thought that was last year. Was a contract. That's right. That's right. That's right. Nope. Yep. Yeah. He actually, like Chris Kerber said, he never saw free agency. Teams always wanted to resign him. Yeah. That's- um, which is crazy to say nowadays, even. Um, but one of the comments that I saw from somebody because I posted on on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram all my Pronger jerseys, which I have at least one of him with every team that he's played with. Um, and I said, you know, hey, which one should I wear tonight? And I saw an Oilers fan comment and said, wear the Oilers one, which I obviously was not going to do. But he said, and and, and I actually didn't even think about this, and he's right. He said that he that season he was the best, um, the best Edmonton Oilers since the 2005 lockout for a season. And at first, my thought was. Okay, Connor McDavid, dude. But he even responded back and said, and I'm even including Connor because Connor has not gotten the team over the hump. Chris Pronger literally was the only player worth a damn to actually get that team over the hump. And the fact that he did it by it himself puts a lot of respect on his shoulders. It's almost like Hashik with the Sabres, right? I mean, he, he carried that team. I mean, they had some oh, good yeah. players, but he was the entire team. Without him, they were nothing. So and Pekka was on that team too. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, so talking about the ceremony, one of my favorite comments, probably my favorite comment, other than Pronger chugging the beer, was what McKinnis said. He hated being paired with him actually, because the puck was always getting dumped into his corner yeah. because people didn't want to face Pronger. And I'm like, that's a great point. Like I know that playing in my high school days, whenever there was a there was a uh, France South or no Fort Zumwalt South had a really good defenseman. And the key we always had was don't give him the puck because he's just going to skate it down and shoot and score. So it was always, if we're going to dump it, dump it in the other corner. And so I'm like, that's a real thing. Teams did do that. They said, 
lesser of two evils, give it to McKinnis. Like, make McKinnis go get it, not Pronger. That's crazy. And I guess you could probably, you know, when you for on the four check, you could, you know, have a better chance of wearing down McKinnis maybe than than uh, Pronger with the yep. with the four check. Um, no fan. I mean, great. I mean, great ceremony. And the whole time, well, when this is winding down, the ceremony is, and he chugs his beer and they watch the banner get raised, which is fantastic. Um, so it so it ends, and then I'm thinking, okay, now we got the game. And this game better go better than it better go better than uh, the Hall retirement, the Hall raising sixteen and raising number two because both those games were shit shows, right? Terrible games. Back the team wasn't very good at the time. But. This is totally disrespectful, but I cannot remember what happened in the Plager jersey retirement game. Do you? No, I don't. But <clears throat> the team was much better. That was a uh, I mean, we were a good team, but I can't remember. Maybe we we may have won that game. Who was that against? I don't remember it being a shit show, so that tells me that it probably was at least a good game. Yeah. I think we lost that game. Yeah. I, I, I could be completely wrong, but I think we lost that game. I'm going to look it up. Okay. <clears throat> Man, and it turns out that the, the game against Nashville was uh, – and it started out pretty bad. <laughs> Moves did yeah. not play good in the first period, most of the first period. Down to nothing. You're like, mother f- – are you kidding me? We're gonna do this yeah. again with a retire with a big huge uh, uh, build up before the game with the retirement. Oh. yeah, yeah. It it's it definitely you know it it had that feel to it, but <clears throat> I don't know. It it, uh, it it didn't deserve it, and in the end, I'm glad it didn't happen. But you know, it, I I thought it was I thought it was pretty awesome though that you know the it 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 feels like they they've changed the way things happen like. Um, in in the Hull one and the McKinnis one, the warm up was before the ceremony. They didn't get a full warm up, and and the ceremony and the ceremony right. was probably shorter, was it right. not? I mean, it was shorter, and it it was like, come on, let's get through this. Like I right. remember having that that feeling, like anxiety, like just let's get to the game already. Why would they do and it that way? That's weird. Yeah. yeah. I could be misremembering it because but. the the way they did it this time was the way to do it. Even though they got started later than what they wanted to, it's supposed to start at seven and started seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Like, right. so I think they're probably planning. I do on think it. you're right. I think you're right, Bill. I'm pretty sure that's how they did it. Yeah, um, and because so, they they were all in, they were all you know suited up, you know, in, uh, with equipment on on the bench watching. And in this this ceremony, they were you know the, they were all in their you know hoodies and stuff on and uh, sweatpants watching the watching the ceremony so they're relaxed and then they got the the do the pregame uh after so which was much right. better which which yeah. those jerseys that they wore the the home whites <laughs> the, and then with the socks that they had on for the yeah. retros that oh my god that was hideous but it was I, hilarious to look I, at i forgot i completely lost that the fact that they were wearing the clowns in this game and they came out in warm ups i'm like what the hell are they wearing and I thought, oh, okay, they're giving away, they're giving away these are these are jerseys to give away or to auction off. And then I yeah. thought, oh, that's oh, they're but the socks and the oh, they're wearing the clowns. <laughs> Took me a second. I'm like, what? I and that's right. I really right. want to make myself go buy one of those jerseys. I don't know if you guys looked at the prices. Cheapest ones mm-hmm. uh, was what Marco Scandella and I'm trying to blank who the other one was, but they were the lowest price is five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm. I can't, 
I can't justify it. I just can't do it. Yeah, yeah five hundred bucks for a scandal yeah. jersey. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Yeah, I I couldn't justify. Uh, it was I think uh, the last time I saw the Winter Classic auction, I think um, I think it was Scandella was like in the eight hundred range. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, no. Nope. Huso, Huso was about nine hundred. Yeah, no, can't do that. No. So, however, uh, had I. I was going to say, had they put that Bennington mask up, they they auctioned off Huzo's mask, but not Bennington's. Had they put the Bennington mask up, oh my God, <laughs> I would be working four jobs to pay that thing off because I would have bought it. <laughs> 12 grand, Bill. <laughs> yep. Mm, uh, I would have so done Plager, it. Bob Plager Jersey Retirement Night, February 2nd, 2017. 5-1 win by the Blues over the okay. Maple Leafs. Okay. Um. Mm. Paul Stastny and Colton Pareko both had three point nights. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> and Tyler Bozak got an assist for the Maple Leafs. That well, was good. a bad Maple Leafs team. Yeah, it was. They gave well, away. Mitch Marner got the goal. So this is, I think this is right at the start of the rise, right? They gave away banners, uh, player banners during that game. Is that right? Because they gave uh, yeah, away. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, they always do. I just mm-hmm. assume. I assumed. Um, so I guess on to the game, right? So a, a five to three win versus Nashville. Uh, this was a divisional battle for second place in the division. Uh, the Blues trailed Nashville by two points coming into this game. Uh, and I think that was kind of, you know, the, the, all the pomp and circumstance surrounding this, this, the buildup for this game was around the pronger banner raising. And, and, uh, after that was over, we got a really big game to play here. Uh, against you, Nashville. So, so going into this game, did you guys like, I don't know. I was so amped up from, you know, seeing, you know, my childhood guys, you know, let's, let's also not forget to mention friend of the show, Jim McLennan got a nice call out from Pronger. Uh, so that was cool. But going into this game, I thought we're going to see a fight. I, I just feel like the blues know that the crowd is amped up. The crowd wants to see Pronger type hockey. I thought it was going to be Shen, but early on it was actually Bertuzzo, Bertuzzo. that got in the fight. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I look at my wife and I said, my one prediction is Braden Shen's going to get in a fight tonight. She's like, that's kind of an odd thing to say. And I'm like, this is just the kind of stuff he does. So I really expected it. But when I saw Bortuzzo drop him, I'm like, okay, that's that would have been my second option. Still, it, and I mean, he took on a big boy, too. He did. It yeah, wasn't much did. of a fight. Ben, ben Harper is, man, that guy's massive. Mm-hmm. Spells his name word, too. Yeah. H A R P U R. Right. Um, as as opposed to Ben Harper, the musician who right. spells it correctly. Yeah, I think he's pronounces it Harpier. 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 There's a little, there's an umlaut above the U. Mm-hmm. Um, Accent Slav. Yep. <laughs> uh, Shen, Pareko, Tarasenko, and Peron were all back in the lineup for this game. Uh, Bishnevich was the only player out due to COVID protocol. Uh, he was placed on protocol on the 14th of January. Huso got the start of a Bennington, which we'll discuss the uh, Huso versus Bennington stuff a little bit later on, <laughs> which uh, well, a lot of, bef- lot of we're not going to discuss that yet. But I do want to ask you guys very quick answer, because like I said, we're going to talk about this. Like you said, we're going to talk about this later. Uh, who would you have gone with to start this game? Huso. If you were Coach Baruby. Man. Yeah, um, I I like, I, I've said this before, and we've talked about, I, I goaltending a lot in the show because it's fun to talk about. Um, 
I'll go with the guy that is uh, gives us the best chance to win. And uh, <clears throat> I have no problem going with the hot hand. I don't care who it is. Um, if, if the backup's playing hot, you give him more starts, right? And uh, I have no problem. I had no problem going with who. So this game, um, I I wouldn't have bet a problem with Bennington either. Um, it was a toss up in my mind, but I I was like, you know, I get it. I I, I if I'm gonna ask me, I'll say I'll say who so. I think I would have said, and, and Bill, I heard you say who so. Um, mm-hmm. I think I would have gone. And I gave a quick well. answer, like you asked for. No, Thank right. you. Kurt. You did. You did say quick. Yep. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, but I would have gone who so as well. But I'll just add a very quick answer, like Kurt as well. That uh, that if they would have gone with Bennington, it wouldn't have bothered me because it's a different situation than the Allen versus Elliott or the Halak versus Elliott because Bennington has proven in his career to be a great bounce back goalie. So he had a rough game, or at least a game where he gave up a bad goal against Toronto. I could have, I would have been fine. They would have been like Bennington's back in because I would have been like, well, he's a bounce back goalie, so he's going to be fine. But well, yes, I would have also gone with Russo. And, and this is, I mean, this is a, a big division game. This is the the biggest game of the one of the bigger games of the season to date uh, because of the standings of what they are, and you have a number one goalie that you yet you're at home, you know. So you'd think default is Bennington, right? But not with the way Huso's playing. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I mean, my thought process on on why I would prefer Huso going in this game is because Bennington is is a more um, emotional goalie, right? He, he's in getting off his game early, like, that, you know, the Blues coming out flat like they did. I think there's a pretty good chance that that's going to happen in a game that, you know, has a pregame ceremony. So going with a guy who's probably a little more, you know, stable at this point in his career, at least, because, you know, coming into this season, Huso was the, the guy that gave up the goal in the first shot God, every time. I, but he's what, he's beyond that now. And... What, a, what a difference a season makes for Huso. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, people yeah, people love... say, well, oh, he was good the last half of last season. No, it was the last, like, two or three starts. That's right, all it you was. Know, and Julie and I were talking about that when you know leading up to the game when you know when we saw the saw the tweet that Huso was the first off, like you know I I told her at that point I I think this is right you know he's having such a great season especially at home yeah. you 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 have a game that you want to win Bennington just you know wasn't his best game that that softy at the end of the game against Toronto and and I <laughs> it was, really it, it bad. was bad. It was bad. It was bad, but you know, it was also you know a terrible turnover, a terrible oh, yeah. line change, complete. Yep. and Falk just not on the same page whatsoever. Complete breakdown. Right. I I think you know going back to the point about Bennington being the you know the more emotional goalie, not starting him in the next game is is going to give him a bigger chip on the shoulder for the next game. So yeah. I I expect I expect that uh, you know Friday night um, it'll probably be him and then you'll get Huso uh, uh, back it, uh, in the uh, the following game in uh, Vancouver. So yeah, because they got back to backs against Vancouver and Calgary, so they're going to split those. Yeah, so <clears throat> Seattle Seattle Vancouver are back to backs, and then you got it off. No, Seattle Seattle Friday Seattle Friday then Seattle Vancouver Friday, Sunday Vancouver, then Calgary Sunday. Monday. Yeah. Yep. Vancouver and Calgary back to back. Yeah. I thought you're wrong. Seattle, Seattle, just Seattle Friday. Seattle Friday. But you're the one that said we're going to center ice for the Blues and next Saturday. On I was wrong. Saturday. Yeah, I looked at the schedule. Yeah. Like what? It's uh, next yeah. Saturday. 
and next Saturday. Yeah, my bad. I meant, son of a bitch. I'm an you asshole. Son of a fault. bitch. <laughs> this is why you guys kicked me off the show last week. <laughs> gave me a right, one week suspension. We're going to have to reimpose the suspension. <laughs> uh, Saros was in net for uh, Nashville, who's been very good this season. Uh, a four point game for Barbashev in this game, as well as Shen. A three point nine for O'Reilly. Like I said, Nashville went up 2 nothing early on the Blues as the Blues did not look sharp at all. Um, mishandled a lot of pucks. Uh, in offensive zone, caused some missed scoring chances. I turned to Amy and I said, "This is, we look terrible. We looked, we looked really yeah, bad. Yeah. We had some like chances in some good scoring areas, and we just the puck would slide off our stick. Or we, well, it's a yep. bad pass. You know, there was, every, there was one where I think where Tarasenko slid across the, the crease and like – perfect opportunity for a great shot, great possible goal, and it just slid off his stick. And that happened, I think, again to Cairo later. And it was just, yeah. what the fuck yeah. is going on here? Yep. Yeah. I, I remember turning to Julian saying, it just, the puck hitting the blue sticks does not sound right. Something, they're they're gripping it wrong. Something's not right. But every every pass seemed to be slightly off, and they couldn't control it. And uh, they, they just looked <clears throat> off. So was it for me? It was like, are there jitters from how many goals they gave up last game? You know, are they not warmed up right because they had to sit through the ceremony and they didn't ride the bikes at the right time? You know, I, I don't know what it was, but it was like something is not right here. And it, it reminded me of the Washington game. Um, I didn't. I don't know if either of you attended that game, but they were they looked awful early, and and I didn't either. But I remember just watching on TV, and I think I even said this on the show. You know, early on, I looked at my wife and I said, do you just want to do something else tonight? Because it was like a Friday night. I didn't want to, like, make her watch a game she didn't want to watch. So I'm like, they look terrible. They're going to get killed. If you want to turn something else on, I'm not going to be upset. And then, of course, they came out and just destroyed them. It's like 5-1 final. And that was how this game felt. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, mm, may want to leave. Should have just left after the ceremony. I mean, it just did not look good. And it didn't take long. You know, Nashville scores – Four minutes into the game, uh, Ryan Johansson, uh, Mikola falls down, going behind the goal, mm. right? Turn the puck over to Deshane, who carries the puck out the other side. Thomas doesn't, you know, does, I mean, doesn't take him. He just kind of skates by and waves a stick at him, kind of a weak D, and then he goes he goes to the net. Um, everyone's puck watching. Kyrie doesn't pick up uh, Johansson behind him, and, and he's wide open, backdoor, easy goal. It's like what Easy the hell is going on? Yeah, if you if you look at the replay, all the Blues, all five of them are watching Duchesne. Nobody's watching the weak side. Nobody. And it's like that's just, I mean, just it's, it's hockey one on one. It happens all the time though, and you just players miss assignments, and they get caught puck watching. Look bad. I I I have to ask you did did you turn to Amy and say, looks like you know a bunch of monkeys. Fucking football. Because <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure I turned to Julian's head. This is where Kurt says, just like a bunch of monkeys <laughs> fucking a football. football. I did not say that. I just kind of sat there and like, well, you saw that coming because they're playing like ass. Um, and they just weren't taking the body and they were puck watching. And it's like, jeez. And so it was bad. Um, so, and then Philippe Forsberg scores, uh, what, almost, what, nine minutes later, eight and a half minutes later, something like that. Uh, Thomas mishandles the Falk pass, the National Blue Line, turns it over, Puck has moved up to Forsberg at center. Falk, is, and, and this and this pissed me off when I saw this. So Falk is hustling back, Krug's on the other side, 
And so Falk, Falk is a couple of steps behind the Forsberg, the puck carrier. And Falk waves to Krug, get that guy, get that guy. You know, I got this guy. I'm like, Falk, you don't have that guy. And right. he never caught him. And then Forsberg had a step on him and, and beat him wide and cut in front. And then Huso doesn't have an aggressive stick, lets him cut in front. And it's and it's it's a it's a stuff in a nice goal, but I thought the Blues played this poorly. I thought Falk played it poorly. Um, I don't know. And, and I okay. I want to I want to say here first of all uh, that I love that you had a problem with the way Huso played this goal because I said it and the guy next to me just fucking went off and was like, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But Falk, uh, yeah, I agree. When you're behind a guy, you're trying to catch up. Now, if it's a you know, a fourth line, nobody. Okay. Go ahead and call him off. But when it's Philip Forsberg, who we all know has great hands, don't call off your defenseman. Take him one, make your other guy, take him. You hustle over to try and cover the pass of the winger. You don't wave him off and give him a clear path to the net. Not a good play at all. So I agree with that a hundred percent. But yeah, I, I didn't like who so, uh, so deep in his net there. I thought, man, if he just sticks his stick out, or if he stays mm-hmm. at the top of his crease, he's not cutting across yeah, and getting yeah. all that room. And I just wasn't a fan of the way that he played that. And like I said, the guy next to me was like, how do you blame Uso for that? I'm like, well, I don't really blame Uso, but There's I just a think Uso could have played that differently. See, he sounds like the kind of guy that is like, well, there's one person to blame on a, on, on a goal, and that's it. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It, yeah. Falk had an issue here. Right. Huso had an issue here. Thomas uh, turned the puck over um, at the blue line, on the blue line. So I, there's a number of issues that happen in this play. And I think, I mean, I mean, what do you think, Bill, as far as like, I, I think a poke check is it's a golden opportunity for a poke check there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's the right opportunity for a poke check. Um, you know, that it, it, it wound up being a, you know, a mano a mano situation for Huso and Forsberg because Forsberg outraced and out muscled Falk. I, I think Falk, Going into that, thought he could push mm-hmm. Forsberg further into the corner. I do too. And he got he got held off completely. He did. And mm-hmm. at that point, Huso's got to read it and swing the stick out. Um, mm-hmm. You know that, and he, you know, he did look small. Like last year, I think my criticism of him was when he was giving up bad goals, he looked small. And he's a big guy. He's he's six three. You know, he's, he is not a small goalie. And that's the biggest difference between when he is playing well and when he's not is he looks big. And on that play, like Jeff pointed out, he, he did look small. He was, he was too compact on the post, didn't go for the poke check and did not get across quick enough. I, I think it was, you know, if, like he was worried about you, a, Bill, if, a pass back to the slot or something. I don't know. If he if he steps out more and he's at the top of his crease, it does. I mean, obviously Forsberg probably looks at that, doesn't make the same move. Is he in danger of maybe allowing a short side goal there, or do you think that's the right play? Um, I mean, he's he can he would be more in danger of doing that, but you know, I, I think you can get out and cut that angle and still be out on top a little bit more, and you're also going to make Forsberg bump you as he comes across and right. If he scores, it's probably going to get waved off. And and right. and Huso's responsibility here is the shooter. I mean, Krug is got weak side pressure. He's got the he's got the winger. I mean, he's over there. So I mean, you got you've got two guys back. You got Falk on Forsberg. Granted, a step behind, he's bumping him. 
and you got Krug back there. So I mean, if you're Huso, your backside's covered. You know, take Forsberg, get down. I mean, I mean, don't let him cut across. That and that's, I I, I didn't I didn't like the passive aggressive passive not passive aggressive the passive uh, stay under your crossbar. Um, let him cut in front and just try and slide across with him because yeah. he got smoked. I mean, Forsberg's coming in with speed, you know, and you're trying to push yeah. off. So he's he and he beat him. So and and he uh, he made it look like a beer league play with yeah. just how yeah. he just he had so much room on that side when he yeah. got over there. Yeah. It was just like ah, tap it in. He had a foot and a half. It, it looked like yeah. It was want to give a not not well played. Want to give a shout out here to uh, our Facebook chat here. Jeff Lewis, I think he gets our comment of the show. Uh, Whoso needs to be the main starter so I can win fantasy hockey. Uh, that's all we all care about, right? It's it's now, funny. That's the, that, that. that's actually the most intelligent uh, reason for anointing Whoso as the number one goalie for the Blues right now. There is no other personal intelligent gain. response to Yeah, personal gain. Exactly. That's the only <laughs> legit reason to say you want Huso as the number one right now. <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, I just love that because how many times have you guys said where, you know, an opposing guy will score and you'll say, that sucks. Well, at least he's on my fantasy team. Right, you know? exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just, yep. That's just how I am. I know I do that all the time. Um, and then he also adds, because uh, uh, I know Jeff personally, uh, he is also a Chicago Blackhawks fan, unfortunately. He says, uh, uh, he talking about who, so he ain't no flurry. Uh, no, he's not. I think we'll agree with you, but give him a couple of years. We'll see. Okay. Well, I mean, he ain't no flurry. Well, what are Flurry's numbers this season? I mean, we're talking career. Yeah, he's, he's making jokes yeah. here. Let him make his okay, jokes. Okay. I, I didn't. I didn't right. even say. I don't know. I'm just. I'm let ready, the, ready the Blackhawks fan have a little it, fun. It, it's Come a Blackhawks fan. I'm ready for a fight. What do you want from me? <laughs> I want to give Jeff some uh, some credit here too. If there are, if there do happen to be any Cubs fans listening, uh, I am really drawing a blank on the name of your podcast, Jeff. If you want to drop it there in the Facebook chat, I would love to. Uh, let our listeners know where they can find that if they want to get some good baseball talk. Um, please drop that because I'm I'm awful. I'm a bad friend and I forgot the name of your podcast. So it's interesting how quickly this game turned around from the Blues not playing well, looking bad, poor puck management, uh, poor coverage, and then Barbashev scores while they're still announcing Forsberg's goal, which we said this before. And it seems like it's happened a lot this year that a goal is scored while the previous mm-hmm. goal is being announced for the team, which is like a great way to just like shut up uh, to squelch the excitement for the other team, you know, to score while their goal is being announced 19 <laughs> seconds after Forsberg scored for Nashville, uh, Barbara Shev scores from Shannon O'Reilly. And this goal seemed to turn the game around, uh, which is uh, predators have the puck behind their end and their end red line. O'Reilly, and this is a terrible play by Nashville. Uh, O'Reilly pressures the uh, the puck carrier, forces a turnover, feeds Shen, who's coming out of the corner, and then hits Barbashev, who is breaking to the net uh, for the backdoor tap in. Terrible puck management by Nashville. Now it's their turn for puck, poor, poor puck management in this game. Uh, uh, ben Harper had a turnover in his own end. Lazy backhand pass behind his own net. Uh, kind of reminiscent of uh, Monday Night Miracle goal. Vernon leaves the puck lazily behind his net and and uh, Pazlowski sweeps uh, sweeps in and, and uh, grabs it and scores. Didn't happen the same way, but you know, bad pass behind the net. That's what I'm getting at. Um, yep, I agree. 
So and I, uh, Ivy Boys podcast, by the way, if anybody's a Cubs fan and wants to hear some Cubs talk, uh, my friend Jeff runs that. But anyway, so uh, with this goal, um, yeah, and you have it in the notes here. This completely turned the game around, and you felt it the minute the puck went in the net because mm-hmm. we talked about how bad the Blues looked, and and then they're down two nothing, and and again you go back to the late in the first period, hole and and the hole in McKinnis uh, retirement nights, and you're like. They just do not play well on retirement nights for whatever reason it is. Well, then they score, and it's 2-1 with about four minutes left, right, uh, in the in the first period. And you're like, oh, oh, wait a minute. And you, the energy in the building just completely changed from that point forward. Yeah. Well, and the fans were dying to celebrate something after, you know, getting uh, all emotional and, and excited during the ceremony. You just want to have a, a fun game to celebrate and party with. Um, and they got it, but I mean, intercepted yeah. two quick passes, boom, boom, it's in the net. So, I mean, but, and, and, and just a quick answer. I mean, you, you know, uh, Nashville scores with less than four minutes to go in the first period. Oh, I'm sorry. They scored with, uh, what was it? Just uh, over four minutes. Yeah. Just over four minutes. And then you're thinking, okay, it's, it's probably gonna be two nothing going into the second remission. That sucks. And then we score two goals in a minute 38. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly scores after Barbershev does a minute 30 after, after Barbershev scores. And just like that uh, on the power play to tie it up, face off win in the offensive zone, uh, point to point, crude to Tarasenko, one timer, redirects off his skate. Saros makes a, an awkward save. Uh, O'Reilly sweeps in, snags the rebound, uh, flips a backhand over uh, down Saros. And uh, I spelled Saros tw- wrong uh, twice there. Uh, after a, after a sloppy first period, uh, where they're outplayed and Billy Huso kept them in it. Uh, the Blues scored two huge goals late uh, to tie it up, and boom, it's tough. And now this, this has to be a huge uh, deflating moment for Nashville to play such a good period for the most part, and then to have <clears throat> the one breakdown that costs you a goal, and then you take a penalty, and then you give a power play goal, and just like that, boom, it's tied. Yeah, this was uh, an amazing turnaround. Uh, just... And, and and it goes to show how good of a team the Blues are. Uh, resiliency, every good team has it. We saw the 2019 Blues. I, I think of the the night Jaden Schwartz scored that big goal in Winnipeg. You know, we, good teams have that. They can bounce back. And again, talking about that Washington Capitals game a couple weeks ago, uh, they looked awful. And then they just turned it on. They scored a goal, and boom, it's a completely different team. Same thing here. Uh, they score a goal. They work their asses off. They get a power play. They score the goal 2-2 after one. Uh, and you think this team's – there's no stopping them. They're, they're going to come out in the second, and they're going to play the same way, and they're going to make Nashville submit to them, basically. You know, and that's exactly what happened. The, the Blues just – they find that next gear when they need to. And no lead is safe with this team, and that's what's been so much fun to watch all season. Blues are one of the better uh, second period teams in the NHL. So you're thinking going into this period, okay, we tied it up. Now we're a good second period team. And right off the hop, second period, uh, <laughs> um, picked up right where they left off in the first. Blues break out of the, uh, uh, of the of their end. Pareko up to Barbashev, far boards. Then a rink-wide snap pass to Shen, near boards, on his tape. Uh, boards to board, uh, rink-wide, uh, beautiful pass. Um, yeah. Would you even say a Chris Pronger pass? A Chris Pronger like. It was outside the defensive zone, so but still, yeah, it was it was tape right. to tape. Beautiful. Um pinpoint. Yes. 
on his tape quickly, and that and that pass, uh, and then O'Reilly streaking up the middle. Boom, two on one, quick strike offense. That's what this team has, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, one pass out of the zone, rink wide pass. Boom, two on one. Like holy shit! And I I'm, I watched the replay, and I'm thinking, I'm not sure how Nashville could have played this much differently. Because they played it. I mean, the Blues just were executed this uh, uh, transition up the ice perfectly. Um, and then it's Shannon O'Reilly two-on-one, and Shen lets a wrist shot go from the face-off dot that, that was harder than a lot of slap shots you see. Um, he's yeah. it's a laser right over yeah. Sasha's glove. My God. He's got all that speed and puts all that momentum into that shot. We were said so that that was the end. We were we were sitting on that end of the arena behind the goal, and when you saw the speed that he was coming in, I'm like, uh, "This is going in," and yeah, <laughs> just perfect, perfect shot. And yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe, maybe, and this be another point that I'll I'll talk about about this game uh, as we go along. But maybe if Pecorini is in there, he might stop that. But not Soros. And, and that was that was a, a beautiful shot, and uh, got. And then what? How many minutes later? Barbashev. Oh, same thing. Yeah. Uh, well, and the sloppy play that the uh, the Blues had in the first period is like gone. It's non-existent. The right. Blues are executing oh, yeah. perfectly. Passes are tape to tape. Transition game is great. Puck management is great. And they and this to start the second period, uh, the Blues uh, had. Their Barbershop's goal was a two on one as well. They had four two on one chances in the first five minutes of this period. Uh, Barbershop scores another two on one. Shen on the near boards springs Falk and Barbershop with speed on a two on one with a slick backhand pass to Falk, breaking up the, uh, the middle through the center. Falk then hits Barbershop at the blue line on the left wing. Barbershop gets the shot off before uh, Borowiecki can get uh, back on the back check and <clears throat> beats Sorrow's high blocker near post before he could fully get set. I, I'm Barbashev waits a half second more. I mean, Saros is over a little more, said a little more, but uh, lets the shot go quick. Uh, Blues fourth goal in the last nine minutes of this game. Um, crazy, uh, crazy turnaround. Th- this this play here, uh, again, you said it was very reminiscent of the Shen goal. Um, they just made Saros look silly, just picking corners. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even blaming Saros. They made the I, defense look shots. silly. <clears throat> All these two they on just, ones. Yeah, and and we're talking about you know every every game we talk about all the goals the Blues you know score and how good they looked and you know what they did right and then sometimes when we talk about opposing goals we say well you know it's just a good goal you, you know it's kind of hard to uh, defend against that you said it with the Shen goal I say it here with the Barbashev goal too I don't think I can't think of anything Nashville really did terribly wrong with the exception of the the turnover um, but they. They play a great defensive game. The Blues just found ways to beat them and then just, again, made Soros look silly. And it's not that you look bad, just finding the, the very tiny bit of, of daylight and then just putting the puck right there to where Soros doesn't have a chance. I mean, just pinpoint stuff, like Bill said, just beautiful to watch. Yeah, it, it, and I'll say I, I thought that uh, Ivan Barbashev's hockey IQ was was shown on that play. He, I mean that that's a play where I thought I, I don't think it was so much 
that um, you, Kurt, you said Soros didn't have a chance to get set. I think he was cheating to the glove side because that's where he got beat before. And Barbashev read it and knew it and put it blocker side. I thought it was it was a great shot. And again, if that's Pecorine, I don't think either of those goals go in. But this is a different Nashville team. They have a much smaller goalie, and the Blues did a great job of making him go side to side a lot during the night and exposing those corners that that he can get beat. And I think if the Blues wind up in uh, you know in a playoff series against Nashville, which is very likely, I, I unless Nashville upgrades on defense and in goal, I totally love us over them in a playoff series this time around. Blues oh, they're not upgrading goal. They are very, very sold on Soros. Yeah, and he's had a good season. Happening. I mean, you can't. Yeah, the Blues had a the outshot the Predators twelve to seven in the second, uh, after being outshot in the first. What was it like uh, sixteen to ten? The Blues were outshot at one point like thirteen to one or something, and then fifteen to five. It was bad, and they came back a little bit late in the period and made it sixteen to ten. So it was semi respectable as far as the shots on goal goes, but the shot against was a little high. But uh, turnaround, second period, big time. I mean, and the Blues going to the third, um, uh, up four to two. Um, like I said, the Blues' fourth goal in nine minutes of they scored four goals in nine minutes of game time. About uh, and when you know when the Blues are on their game, they're playing with speed. The the accurate passes, the quick passes, they're a, like a quick strike offense. Like I said, extremely fun to watch. And a few of their goals in their game in this game. Uh, happened that way off the transition. Um, just they just I mean, Nashville, like you said, the Nashville. A couple of these plays, they didn't play them poorly, uh, but they just they got smoked by a team that was playing faster. Um, third period, uh, Nashville does get within one about midway through the period. Uh, eight and a half to go. About uh, Trenton scored for Nashville. Tried to uh, uh, they made a game of it. Uh, a second. Rebound that squirted out the uh, weak side ended up right on Trenton's tape, and he did. You, I don't know if you guys noticed the replay. He shot this wide. This was going wide, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, and and Huso's spinning back around because it's an open net, and he's kind of like frantically flailing. And he spins around and hits off the uh, his right pad. I think it was the the the, the foot of his right pad, and it uh, kind of goes in as he's spinning around. He, he just misses it with his glove too. He almost stopped this shot, which. To be honest, I mean, he should have he should have buried it halfway up the goal, you know, near post. But he he, he actually muffed it and, and was it was going wide right. But uh, yeah, it it would have taken a like inhuman amount of uh, of uh, awareness for Huso not to wind up putting that puck in his net. Like right. you you'd have to like you'd have to be either even more out of position than he was or have the, have that, uh, you know, frame of mind to say, you know, if this is coming back over, I don't want to be the reason this goes in. And it just, it was just one of those shit plays that happens from time to time. And, you know, not going to, not going to, not going to put that one on who's no, no. But I mean, the guy has an open net and it's, and he whiffs on it. So you don't know where it's going. You got to assume he's, He's going to put it where he wants to put it, and he didn't. But you know, it went in anyway. And you know, I, I'm and I'm sure at this point, with the previous in the previous game against Toronto, we had a lead in the third period, and we allowed the tying goal, and then we lost. Uh, so, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we have a lead, and now Nashville's within one. But they're a good team. 
we do not want to go to overtime. We want a regulation win because, I mean, a regulation win ties them in points, gives us the edge with winning percentage. So we want to win a regulation. Yeah, well, and it's funny because my wife made that comment. She goes, man, I really don't want this game to go to overtime. And I was like, yeah, I know. You know, we don't want to, you know, can't give them a point. We got to, you know, we're going to tie them if we get two points in regulation. And she's like, no, I'm talking about the time. It's like, I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we didn't get a later start tonight. You're right. But I'm like, no, it's, I don't even care about that. I just don't want to give Nashville a point. Right. <laughs> um. But then Shen scores with about two and a half to go in the game before Nashville could actually pull Saros for the extra attacker. Uh, the Blues generated another two-on-one chance. Uh, Barbashev to Shen, who buried it near post. Uh, this one wasn't uh, as quite of a long-developing two-on-one. It was a uh, uh, happened down low. But uh, Barbashev to Shen, who uh, fucking buried it uh, near post, a laser, uh, near uh, past Saros. Um, and then they ended up pulling Saros after that for the extra attacker. But no goals were scored. Uh, they had both uh, Barbashev and Shen out there for the hat trick, but neither one could put it in. But the game ended uh, five to three, and everyone home happy. Uh, Nashville outshot St. Louis thirty-five to twenty-nine for the game. They won the faceoff battle fifty-one percent to forty-nine. Blues were one for two in the power play. And Nashville was zero for four. Uh, three stars were Shen, Barbashev, and Riley. Yeah, I kind of thought Huso might have had a star there. Um, he played really well this game. Yeah, I thought so too. Um. Yeah, and uh, a very nice uh, finish to uh, a fantastic uh, evening with the ceremony and the big win against a division rival in Nashville. So, obviously, the, the talk of the town is, you know, Shannon Barbashev. Ryan O'Reilly has put together some amazing games lately. Uh, he's got, what, six points in his last two? I mean, he's been he's been great. Um, just winning face-offs when he needs to finding open teammates, playing great defensive hockey. This is the best I've seen him play since the Blues stretch run in 2019. Uh, he's just been fantastic the last, I'd say, five to six games. Um, even when he's not putting points up, he's still a very noticeable player out there, taking charge, leading by example, and uh, that's what you wanted when you gave the guy the C. And I think he's just been he's been great, and I, I love to see – uh, what else he can bring the rest of the season because uh, he's there's no doubt in my mind that he's a top 10 center in this league. I mean, well, he's been phenomenal. And it wasn't just, it's not just making plays out in the middle of the ice. I mean, he, he did the dirty work there to get the blues on the board with the first goal. He he stole that pass behind the net, forced the issue and gave it to Shen who came a quick pass to Barbershev and put it in. So that, I mean, that was fantastic forechecking, you know, behind the net. And and you know what I love most about him isn't just his ability to you know put points up, but the fact that he he he's not a hitter, but and he's not really even a grinder, but he does play a grittier style. Uh, he's always getting in the forecheck. He's always getting there trying to pick off passes, and he does it clean. He doesn't take penalties. It's he, so awesome to watch. He's good at digging the puck out. Of situations, he like he'll come he'll come out of the scrum with a puck, right? He can just he can just dig the fish that puck out of there, which yeah, you know, it, he's very tenacious along the boards, and his hockey IQ is 
higher than anybody else on the team. And he puts in, puts in all the work, right? This is, this is what, what we hear night in, night out from the broadcast crew. He puts in the work and he's, he's the guy that is working on all the little things that nobody else puts time in for. And I think we're definitely, you know, to your point, we're seeing it pay off. This is some of the best that we've ever seen him play. Uh, when I every time I say the phrase "digging the puck out," it reminds me of the time I was testifying in court, <laughs> and I said I, I mentioned they asked me they asked me questions, and I said, uh, "Well, you know, so and so was digging the puck out," and the uh, defense attorney was like, "What do you mean digging the puck out? What do you mean by that?" And I'm like, "Can you demonstrate in the courtroom what digging the puck out means?" I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> so I had to demonstrate with a hockey stick. stick. Yeah, they had a stick. I got it in the courtroom, and they, I. Doug, I showed him what it, digging the puck out was. Picture of scrumma guys here, and you're you know, jabbing at the, you know, with your puck, trying to get the puck out, and you pull it, you come away with it, and digging it out. And it's not hard to understand. The attorney, not hard to understand. <laughs> yeah, I slashed him in the back of the knee <laughs> on, the way, on the way back to the stand. This is and look, can I just show you a slew slew foot just for fun? <laughs> you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you, oh, never, and never. Slashing <laughs> like that. <laughs> you don't oh, do that. Oh, no, never, 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 never. I should have. That'd been great to pull that out of my pocket in the courtroom if I didn't. If I was not scared to death. Right. Yeah, that was fun. That'd been funny. <laughs> The, the first person in history to get charged with contempt of court <laughs> yeah. for for cup checking the opposing attorney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what number gets retired next for the Blues and uh, a goalie controversy? Do we have one? We'll talk about both those issues along with some other uh, news from around the, around the NHL uh, after we hear from Sunrise Brewery. Centerize Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game, or any game. Visit CenterIceBrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. So those of you on the YouTube chat might be seeing what Austin Lynch and I are talking about. We will. I will at least be on Discord after the uh, the show tonight. So anybody who wants to join us, uh, let's go blues.com slash discord. And uh, yeah, love to love to talk with you. And it's an after hours. We don't even have to talk about the blues. We can talk about whatever. So uh, just want to throw that out there. Also want to make one quick comment about our friends over at Rockin' Net ID Life. You've probably at this point memorized the phone number that we've been giving you Uh no longer. Let's not use that phone number. We're wanting to, if you want to contact Dustin, contact him at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com. That's the best way to get a hold of him. Uh, so there's been some talk. Every time there's a number that gets retired, um, this happened when uh, Bobby Plager's number one up. This this happened when Steen retired. Um, people talk about what number is going to get retired next by the Blues. And it's it's an interesting discussion right now because sooner or later someone will get their number retired again. I mean, it's just going to happen. 
But uh, who's it, who? I mean, is it someone on this team? Is it an eight-year-old, you know, playing in Nova Scotia? Who is? It? I mean, right now, who, I mean, you, we don't know who it is going to be. It's not. I mean, no one on the team now has the resume to get the number retired. I don't think. Um, there are some guys I think that probably could qualify if if certain things happen. Um, I don't know if, if O'Reilly has a long career here and and puts up great numbers, maybe win another cup. I think there's an argument for him. Maybe um, Tarasenko, if he changes his mind and stays here, um, he could finish uh, second all time in in goals and third in points. Um, and then that could that's an argument for him. Maybe uh, Petrangelo, I think that ship sailed when he left. Um, Kairu, way too early to determine that. I think some people were kind of tossing his name around. You can't. That's a weird thing to say right now. Um, right. But I know what, so we, like, what, what do you got? Not far removed from saying Jake neighbors. Right. Well, okay. I guess if you were to guess, like just fortune telling crystal ball stuff, like mm-hmm. um, who would, who would you think uh, has the best shot if things go, you know, as well, you let, hope they go? Well, who, who could, before we, before we get into that, I want to ask both of you. So do you both think we're done with former players at this point? Like nobody from the early two thousands were done with all those. You know, I think the Demetrius thing is sailed. I think, I think you could have made an argument at one point for him, uh, in the Bob Gasoff uh, thing. But but Demetrius was good. You know, he put up. He uh, he. he, I mean, he had played eight seasons here, uh, and he had he has more points than Tarasenko, who's played for ten, and uh, he played in like seventy less games than Tarasenko has. So I mean. I think we are too far removed from it um, yeah. for for it to ever happen. But I, I don't know if this team, you know, suddenly were to get shitty and they're having trouble filling seats. I could see, you know, somebody trying to pull that, you know, put, you know, put uh, some seats, you know, but like some to, seats for, for a night. But I'd like to see them honor Demetra somehow with a right. with a plaque or right. something like, in the or like bust yeah, yeah, like, or a, maybe a, like a bust or something. In, before. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see like a bust or something out uh, in, in the in the concourse or something with a plaque and a write up or a, you know, a memorial like a memorial for Demetri or something. I think that'd be great. Uh, something I like, like to honor again. That's why we need a Blues too. Hall of Fame. <laughs> yes, the Blues Hall of Fame. Demetri's in it. That's a and that's, that's this is what we need. This is what yeah. this just circle back to because there are a number of players that played here that. Great players, great names. Adam Oates is one of them. Didn't play her long enough, not even close to get his number retired. Um, but he's a, he's a guy played here for three, four years, whatever it was, and he he he'd be in the he'd be in the Blues Hall of Fame. Uh, I have a section for him, him and Hall, right? Um, Petrangelo will be in there for sure. You know, Demetra for sure. Um, Lee Norwood for his rendition of Lee uh, Norwood. <laughs> right, right. God bless the USA. Yes, for those that missed last week's show, Proud that was my favorite. Yeah. Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, but no, I, for me, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, again, this was a conversation on the Rich. Gary Younger, Gary Younger would be there in the Hall of Fame, Blues Hall of Fame. Um, Agree. There's a. I mean, there's Steen that, that could go on forever. Steen. Backus. Steen was the name that yep. Chris Kerber brought up. He says that of anyone who uh, right now you would have to consider, Alexander Steen's at the top of the list. You know who else? He was a long tenured Blue. He's, I believe, top ten in goals, top ten in games played, top ten in points. I believe I could be wrong on all that, but um, 
He's up there. An emotional and, leader yeah, on the is. Cup team. He's Obviously nine, won a Stanley goals Cup. And uh member of the Cup team. So yeah. that is a guy I think you would consider retired a blue. Basically a blue. Uh he you know, right. he played with Toronto early on, got traded here, and then spent the rest of his career here. But um that's a guy you consider. David Perron, he keeps up the pace he's on. He's only gotten better with age. He's Red he's Baronson? pulled a yeah. um he's poured, pulled a Laura Linney, only better with age. Um You know who else? So it, Pierre Turgeon. Pierre Turgeon was the man. <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, he him leaving and playing elsewhere was too much of a hired gun. But I, I loved him, but yeah, I don't I don't think he's the guy that gets the uh um you know that that would get a, a retirement. No, I no, think I'm Steen, talking just Hall of Fame uh, acknowledgement, yeah. that's all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I Gilmore? think uh I think Kurt um yeah, Cup of Sugar. <laughs> Patrick Berglund? <laughs> He's ten years. TJ Oshie. TJ Oshie. I fan no. favorite of fan Shanahan. favorites. Shanahan. I if if we're being honest, Jeff I Brown, think Doug if Wade. Ryan O'Reilly scores or gets another Stanley Cup here in St. Louis, especially as captain, mm-hmm. and retires a blue, I think he is a shoe in for both a retired jersey and a statue. That'd be mm-hmm. great to have and, him and get the statue. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great to have him get it, get the statue out front holding the cup up. Uh, in because because of Petrangelo had resigned here and finished his career here, he gets the statue, the famous picture of him holding the cup up, right? He gets that. Uh, but he left. Not, not that this is going to happen, but what? let's just say Alex Petrangelo, you know, spends the last three years of his career as a St. Louis Blue. Do you think that changes anything? It's 15 mm-hmm. years. That's the most years played. I mean, the most before that was Bernie Verkowitz. But obviously, at that point, he's not—he's not the number no. one defenseman. He'd be a depth guy. You know, signs for a league minimum contract. Do you think that's something that would change the opinion and say, "Well, okay, he would"—you know—he retired a blue. He won. He was the first captain to win a cup. Do you think that? that I, I, I think no. he'd have to play a key part in them winning during that time frame. I think for it to happen. Yeah, it just just him coming back and making amends with the team isn't going to be enough to put him over the top. I and 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 I don't want to I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to be. The, the he wasn't an amazing player before 2019. I mean, he was good. He was a good defenseman, a real good defenseman, but he wasn't he wasn't what he was in the second half of 19 and, and 2020. He was fantastic. He was elite at that point. He was a Norris caliber guy, but it wasn't Norris caliber before that. So, I mean, it took Pronger a long time to get up in the rafters, and Pronger's head and shoulders better than Petrangelo was ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I, that's tough. I mean, he's got the longevity for sure, 15 years. Let's say three years with the Blues. That'd be 15 years. That's that's a long-ass time. I don't know. I mean, it's, that's tough. And again, like Bill said, it depends on how he plays when he comes back. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. Ken Morris, uh, his vote looks like it's Perron, possibly. Which, again, I think if he continues his climb, then sure. Um, Austin Lynch 
Do you guys no. think maybe Bacchus gets his retired no. number? Absolutely no. Not. No, 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 no. When when Bacchus signed his contract in Boston and the Blues knocked Boston out for the Cup, that that was the end of the discussion about David Bacchus. David mm-hmm. Bacchus coming here to to have his you know acknowledgement um, on his retirement, retiring as a Blue. That that's the end of it. And unless he comes back as a coach. His, you know, his story is written in St. Louis. Yep. Yeah, he'd have to I put some longevity with the team. Yeah, like a player development role. I could see something like that, and that'd be great. But that doesn't right. add to the legacy of David Backus. He's such a super smart guy, right? Uh, yeah. Off the ice, he he was. I mean, he was going to be an electrical engineer. That that takes brains. So yeah. I'd love to see him love to see him in a front office role. If that's what he wants to do after, you know, he gets to enjoy raising his kids. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't think I've really given an answer, uh, for who I think would be next. If I had to pick somebody, I don't um, think any of us really have, <laughs> you know what? I think, I think if, I think if Tarasenko changes his mind and stays here, he'd finish second in goals. He'd be third in points all time. And uh, he was part a big part of that cup team. And let's mm-hmm. say they win another one at some point. Cross your fingers. Hopefully, knock on wood, please. Um, I think I think I'd pick him. But that would take him. He'd have to stay here. He he. There's no way in hell he gets it uh, if he if he leaves. Not a chance. My answer is similar. I'm gonna say it's kind of you know dependent on contingencies like Kurtz, O'Reilly is my answer, I guess. But it depends on at least getting close to another cup, maybe a Stanley cup final appearance and retiring as a blue. Um, but outside of that, I, I don't know too early to tell with a lot of the guys on the current team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, for the next possible one, Steen. Yeah. I, I think Herbert makes some really good points there. Um, the guys currently on the team, I think, um, you know, Tarasenko and O'Reilly have an equal opportunity to do it if there's another cup in this, you know, in yeah. this current team. And I think everyone, everyone on this team has the caveats, right? They have the, the, well, this mm-hmm. has to happen for this. Everyone, right. every player has it because they're not there yet. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with, I'll stick with Tarasenko, but he's got, like, he's got to change his mind. Uh, goalie controversy. Do we have one? I know Ponder said no. no. Bill says no. 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 I said no. Now, amongst the fan base, there seems to be one, but there's not. I mean, there Bennington, always is. <laughs> Bennington is Jordan your number. Bennington, Jordan Bennington could be leading the league in every stat, and if Huso has one good game, it's, oh, we got a goalie controversy. Why is that? Why mm. is that? It because we're so used to it. But it, we're but, so used to it in St. I, Louis. I just think I just think people I don't think people understand goaltending. I just don't think they do at all. I, I don't I don't think they realize how fickle goaltending is from year to year. I don't think they realize that that uh, the position of goaltending. I mean, bad goals happen. You know, you're going to have bad stretches. It's just the way it works. You rely so much on the team in front of you. You know, breakdowns make you look bad. Um, and you're the goalie because and the puck goes in your net. So. To the untrained eye, it's the goalie's fault every time. So I, I okay, think okay. Here's here's my point. Let's say Dece- I guess that would be December first. Let's ask this question to ourselves. I wish we had a time machine. Do we have a goalie controversy on December first? So not even two months ago. 
The answer was absolutely not. That was right as Bennington was put into COVID protocol, and the world was on fire in St. Louis. Oh, my God. No Bennington. He was the biggest reason we just beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in that game. They went down 3-0 early. He stood on his head, played great. Blues ended up winning that game. He's on COVID protocol? We got to start Billy Huso? Oh, my God. What are we going to do? That was not even two months ago. Do you and remember now the... we're hearing Billy Huso should be the starter and Jordan Bennington is a piece of shit and they shouldn't have traded or they shouldn't have signed him for as much as they did. Come Mem- on. Have remember some the, clarity, people. Remember mm. the conversation we had uh, early in the season if Bennington uh, got hurt or had came down with COVID and missed a couple weeks or got hurt and missed half the season? Uh, how screwed we thought we were because mm-hmm. of Huso this last season and how horribly he was for the most part uh, until the past few last few games of the last season. And uh, I, I, so yeah, I, I think Huso has played 10 games this season. He's, I mean, it's, it's such a, he's played 27 games in his career, started 25 in his career. Uh, Bennington has started 143. Now, that's not an extreme amount by any means, but it's a lot more than Huso. Huso's sample size is tiny. Now, granted, Bennington does, is putting up the worst numbers of his NHL career so far, and his goals against average has steadily gone up every year since he uh, got the starting job, and his save percentage has gone down every year. So now, granted, there's a couple of goofy seasons in there with COVID, um, but you would hope that this still year, still another goofy season it, with COVID this year. It is still another goofy season this year with COVID, but it's it's more normal. There are fans in the stands, so it's not quite the same. But the players are going through a lot uh, behind the scenes too, so there is that. Right. Um, but with that said, you know there are goalies that are playing well in the NHL, and, and you would hope Bennington would be one of them. And he hasn't been playing as well as we want him to play, even though I think I don't think his numbers are quite indicative of how he's played this season. I think he's played better than his numbers are showing because people like and to just the, look at his save percentage and his goals against average and say he's 35th and or 28th in uh, goals against average or whatever. And I'm like, well, you, you watch, watch the games, guys. Watch the games. Right. I mean, he, and, he, and I'll say, Kurt and I had a conversation when we saw each other on Monday at the game. And I said... Bennington had a bad game against the Maple Leafs. Kurt, and and I'm and, and this is speaking from a guy who I know people listen to the show and and hear me talk praises, sing praises for Bennington. Kurt had to correct me and say, "No, he didn't have a bad game. He gave up a bad goal." And I was like, "Well, still, you expect him to make some a of those terrible saves, goal. starter, and to step up goal. and and maybe make the big save that you don't expect." And Kurt, again, said, no, it was one bad goal. That's all it was. And so even saying that he had a bad game, clearly it could still be argued. You know, you can make jokes about Kurt all you want, but Kurt, you know, hate to say it. You're a smart hockey fan. Hmm. You you know shit, clearly. Uh, I've known you for years. So for you to, like, refute that with, like, actual evidence, no, it wasn't a bad game. It's like... But you know what you said? That, that speaks volumes. You know what you said? You said, I do believe you said, uh, you just you want to see him come up big. 
on, yes. on one of those saves that were, you know, picked on a corner. Uh, right. Like we were picking uh, the corner on Saros. And right. uh, I did agree with you there. I'm like, yeah, you want your goalie to play and make those big saves. But, you know, you, I mean, to expect him to, 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 to criticize him for not making the amazing save, well, I, that's kind of harsh. Um, but you do, I agree. Need, and I think you do need that though from time to time. I mean, I mean, Huso has made some of those saves. So, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I did. Good. Yeah. I, I agree with you completely. It, it was, he, he had, he gave up the, the bad goal at the wrong time, right? Do. Don't give up a soft goal in the last three Especially minutes. Especially that soft of a goal. That was terrible. Right. <laughs> right. But again, it was also a shit play by both Falk yep. and Scandella. Complete team right? breakdown. It's, it's yep. not, not, not just Bennington, but you know, do you think he was going to make that save on Austin Matthews when, you know, uh, uh, Mikola had the, you oh. know, fell down and, you know, yeah. pretty much prevented him from getting any good angle to, to try to attack the shot. Yeah. I mean, Mikola's had a, a couple of, uh, uh you know, blowouts here that, that have uh, wound up costing the team. So uh, hopefully that's not a trend that continues. Sharpen but... those skates, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Get back to the bench and have the <laughs> trainer uh, make sure the edge is straight. But it, it's Bennington right now. I, I think that Huso is, is the steadier option, but if if you need a goalie that is going to drive the team, I think you know you you want Bennington. And I'm at this point, I don't. You know, I've I've said this before. This era of the NHL, you don't need, you don't want a clear cut number one who's going to run seventy games. You don't have a Marty Brodeur, right? There there are no Marty Brodeurs left in the league. You need to have two quality guys. And I think our consternation coming into this year was we didn't think Huso was a quality number two. And he's turned out to be much more than that. He Right now, we have a home game. I kind of want to see him in the net. Yeah. Right? His, his record at home is so good. I want him to do that. And, and we were seeing kind of the same thing with Allen down the stretch in 19. Allen was so good on the road. Right, let, let him play there and let Bennington pop up the crowd in St. Louis. You got to have two good goalies in this day in the NHL. Um, and I just a couple, couple great comments. I think we should get to and definitely want to continue this discussion with you guys. Shy Lou, Chicago Lou. I'm guessing maybe somebody who's a transplant. Uh, if Binner wins a cup and retires in St. Louis, asking about uh, the retired numbers. Yeah, the fact that that's a question. Tells you, okay, is there really a, a goaltending controversy? Um, you don't see, you don't see goalies numbers get retired right. though. It's rare, right? It's very it rare, very yeah. rare. So that, Marty that, Berdour, yeah. Patrick Waugh. I mean, yeah. does yeah. Dominic Hasek have his jersey retired anywhere? No, that, Buffalo. No, he's not retired in Buffalo. I don't think so. Yeah, that, and so that no. that's working against him there. Yep. Right. He probably, uh, Matt Harris, probably I think this should be there. y'all's new weekly segment, Winnington or Trash Bennington. Yeah, he's uh yeah, that's a good question. Uh Shy Lou adds uh there's only a controversy in the lounge outside of this city. No one believes Huso over Binner. Uh, yeah, there's some there are some people fueling that though with uh there's some articles that are being written and things that uh that 
kind of playing off the 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 vocal minority on social media that is that is anointing that wants to anoint whoso as the number one. So. Yeah, and and again, I we had this conversation with Charlie Lindgren. Um, Bill, I think you missed that show, but Kurt and I asked, "Is there a goalie controversy with Lindgren and and uh, Bennington?" And then whoso I believe was hurt at the time. And so was there a goalie controversy? And our answer emphatically was no. Um, mm. And and the other question was, what do the Blues do when Bennington and Huso are ready? You send Lindgren down. There's there, in, in terms of 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 covering hockey, of like managing well, they had your to, team too, and so. managing the roster. Right. There's no question. That's what you had to do. And mm-hmm. I think honestly, it's the same thing here, Bill. You were talking about basically playing the hotter hand right now. Yeah, do that, you know, and, and I think we've all always said on this show, no matter who the goalies were, as long as we're winning games with a certain goalie, keep playing that goalie. Um, right. But let's let's that... let's just look at the fact, too, that Bennington, that Dallas game just last week, folks, he allowed the one goal and played very well outside of that. Blues ended up storming back and scoring two goals and winning the game. But. He was great. Without him, and I'm not saying Huso would have done anything different, but without him and with a, a weaker goalie back there, Blues don't storm back to win that game. So to say that there's a controversy right now, I think is ridiculous. Kurt talked about the sample sizes. Uh, Bill talked about writing the hotter hand right now. Both are correct. Um, if Huso plays the next five games, which he won't, but if he does, oh. I would still say there's no goalie controversy. No. Bennington going into the playoffs is your starter. Again, he has proven in the past to be a bounce back goalie. He allowed one shit goal against the Maple Leafs and Husso's played great the last five, six starts. So I think in fans' mind that means controversy. I think that's you, not the case. I think you give Husso more starts than you normally would. That the, I mean you agree. You you have to, I mean you have right. to. And he's playing he he's put him some of the best numbers in NHL, so you you need to play him a little more than you would uh, a, a regular backup, like a sixty forty split or whatever. Um, but I, I'd love to see him play more. I like watching him play. I have the utmost confidence when he's in net. Um, which I, I and I think I said this before the season started. Man, it's going to take about half a season of really good play by Huso for me to have like full faith in him. Now it's amazing how quickly that turned around because of how well he's played. He hadn't just played good. Mm-hmm. He's played really good. So I think you need to give him some more starts. And then that's not saying give him the number one by any means because you shouldn't do that. That's weird. Uh, but, yeah, you, you give him more starts because he's playing well. That's then it, and, and you know what that does in the inverse? Rest Spinnington a little bit more for a playoff mm-hmm. push. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, absolutely. That, I mean, that, that can't that, – that absolutely cannot be understated. You don't want – you know, any goalie to be completely worn out getting to the playoffs and, you know, it keep giving, you know, make it a 60, 40 split, maybe not a 50, 50 split, but make it a 60, 40 split, do it. And, you know, Are, I, I, and let's I'm, face it, I'm too, turning this... into a Huso fan here. Oh, well, I'm not, 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 <laughs> not going to advocate for him to, you know, to be our number one. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, let the guys start more games. I think we all agree on that. But And, and again, I know Allen fanboys are going to be pissed that we bring this up. But 
you know, uh, this isn't a Jake Allen, Jordan Bennington situation. No, this isn't a Jake because... Allen is falling apart and Jordan Bennington is playing fantastic. This is a Jordan Bennington's playing okay and Billy Huso's playing great. So, still, the answer is still the same we said before give the hot hand the crease as much as possible. But this isn't the same because Jake Allen wasn't not only the hot hand, he was god-awful garbage. He was a hot garbage fire. And that's My, not what Bennington is right now. Bennington can still win you games. It's just Huso stands a little better chance because he's playing great. My my take when we had the Allen uh, debates was, you know, it seemed like the franchise wanted to just shoehorn Allen in as the number one, even though he wasn't playing well and the backup was playing much better. But, and my thing was, what has Allen ever won to deserve that title as, well, you're the number one because you've done this in the past. What did Allen ever do to warrant, um, you know, the, the given the benefit of the doubt of being the number one through a tough tough patch, he had never done that. Bennington has, has put the team on his back and won the city a cup for the first time in franchise history. He has a lot of leeway. People say, "Well, just because he won a cup, yeah, fucking yeah, because he won a cup. That's because he showed what he can do." And he's been, and, and I don't want to be an apologist for his numbers, but he he's been better than his numbers. That's I I think he's played better. I think he's a, look uh, at the advanced stats. As he, much as I hate to a, use that as an argument all the time, I do too. His his but, save percentage above what was that called the, uh, the high danger average. chances. Yeah, yeah. Well, well his, the high danger save percentage is great. Yeah, and, well, and not to and well, I'll play devil's advocate here. But Huso's high danger numbers are better than Bennington's. You know, Bennington's isn't bad either. No, they so, are. But I'm just saying, it, yeah. it, it, it. I'm not even comparatively speaking. Just saying. His numbers are still good in high danger chances, whereas you compare that to Jake Allen back in the day. Yeah, they were, and his were god yeah, awful. Right. Yeah. So, I, and that's that's where I'm at. I mean, I mean, Bennington has earned the right to play through a rough spell if he's not playing as well as you want him to. Uh, you know, Allen never had that I, I, to, to fall back on. You know what I mean? So. Uh, do you, are you guys concerned at all about the six-year, uh, $36 million contract for Bennington that has not kicked no. in yet? Yeah, I'm not no. either. No. I mean, I, I'd if, like to, if I'd like to see him play more older, consistent, but that's, you know, I'm not. I'm if not he really were about. like 32 at this point, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a little concerned. But he's still a young guy. And again, it's not that he's playing bad. It's just that his backup is playing better. So, so no, I have no worry. So if, if there's about a 60-40 split the rest of the way, and come playoffs, uh, Bennington's around. You know, they're about they they continue the same path. Bennington's, you know, in the the mid twenties as far as uh, goalie stats go, uh, and Huso is in the top five or so. Um, who's your number one? Who's your who's your game one starter? Where Bennington gets you know Bennington gets, I don't know, fifty starts, and and uh, and uh, Huso gets you know a thirty two or so. What do you say, Bill? And but Huso has been head and shoulders better, like he has been this season. You know, who do you who do you go with in game one? I think that's a tough question. And it, because, it is <laughs> because then you have a, you have a bigger sample size to pull from as well. So 
Right. And and I, I think you also have to, you know, it's one of those things that everything's going to be informed by data. Who are you playing? Right. What What's the context? You know, are, are you playing, are you playing a team like Dallas that you think that Bennington has an emotional advantage over? Right. He's, he's seems to play fairly well, at least the, the last game. I mean, look, look how well he played against them. And, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's going to show up Jamie Penn, um, you know, or, you know, do you have home ice advantage? That's another thing. Yeah. You know, Huso is great on home ice. If he keeps this stretch, I'd say, you know, we have home ice advantage and we're not playing Colorado. I'm going with Huso. It's a really interesting question because, like I said, it's, a, it's, a, it's three times Huso will have played, you know, twice, three times as many games as he's played uh, this season so far at the end of the season. So he'll play 20 more games, twice as much, I guess. So uh, that, um, that, the there's only... a lot of room there for him to, you know, sway either way. Uh, does he maintain this? It's interesting. The only thing, and, and I'll, I'll add what, what Bill said. I mean, it, it's a total situational question. It depends on home ice, depends on everything. But um, my only default answer with going with Bennington, and I'm not even saying that would be my answer in every scenario. It's just the way I would look at it is – he is proven to have some playoff success. Yes, lately he's what zero and eight in his last eight starts. People love to point uh, that out. Yeah, watch the games, man. But I he, mean, he played well. He played with the so last series. Had, he played very well. He's yeah. had it. Yeah, last series was ridiculous. It was literally like he was the only guy on the ice for the Blues. I don't. I don't think he played particularly well against Vancouver in the bubble, but he no he played he really didn't. well last season playoffs. Yeah, so I think. You have to look at it to, again. To, let's just say it's just with all the situations lining up, it really is just a toss up. To me, your default's Bennington because he's done it before. He's proven to be a playoff leader before in two seasons, not just the cup run. Like you said last year, he played great. Um, and uh, again, bounce back goalie. He's proven in the past to always be able to counter and play great when the numbers are stacked against him. So, that's my default, but depending on the situation, it could easily be Vili Huso with the way he's been playing lately. Uh, up next for the Blues, uh, Seattle Kraken uh, in Seattle on Friday. Uh, Bushnevich may be back from COVID protocol, uh, assuming he is asymptomatic and tested negative uh, before then, because his five days will be up by then. I think his five days are up today. Um, I'm not sure if he, yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't in practice today, was he? I don't think so. He was not at practice, but uh, his five days up are today. So that means so this is as long as day. he tests negative tomorrow. Yes, yeah, as long as he tests negative tomorrow, he is yeah. uh, available to go to practice. And assuming he's not symptomatic, I don't know if I've heard that or not. Right. So. Yeah, I, I haven't heard either. And uh, I think I think we kind of assumed that Bennington would be a net against Seattle on Friday. Yeah. Right, yeah. Bill. You agree with that? I think so. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think Bennington goes Friday, who's host Saturday or Sunday, Friday, yeah. since we covered that already yeah, earlier. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it goes, uh, Bennington, who's Bennington, um, mm -hmm. because yeah. I think you, you want who's against Vancouver because, uh, I need to look at the stats, but, uh, if I remember correctly, Bennington has not fared well against Vancouver anyway. And then all of a sudden the last four games, they split starts. So you've almost got a 50, yeah. 50 thing going here. So, which, 
I'm fine with. Again, you give give the backup more starts if he's playing really well. Why not? Hot hand. That's a thing. Uh. The NHL has announced new dates for uh, the three St. Louis Blues games that were postponed in December. Uh, Jeff Ponder was a victim of this. Uh, yes. The postponed December 21st game in Ottawa has been rescheduled for February 15th. Uh, the postponed game, December 23rd game at Toronto has been rescheduled for February 19th. The postponed December 27th game versus New Jersey has been rescheduled for February 10th at Enterprise Center. In addition, and an important note from those games was that that was originally during the Olympic break. Right. Right. And we've got three weeks off ish. Uh, mm-hmm. and we only have three games. So there's gonna be a lot of off time for the blues. There's that, uh, what, uh, Lou Korak had a good tweet earlier. It was, um, Oh, I gotta find it, but I know it said something like, uh, they've got 11 days off at one point between games. I hate that. And then they, they finish out the season like 43 and 59 nights or something. See that? I gotta find it. it. it always it, 43 and 59 nights. <laughs> That's that. probably not right. No. <laughs> Can't be that. Uh, hang on. 15 back to backs. 38. Okay, so uh, once the Blues and again, this is a friend of the show, Luke Korak, tweeting this out earlier. Once the Blues host Winnipeg on the 29th, they won't play again until February 10th. It'll be 11 days. Then they finish out the season 38 games in 79 days. Yeah. That's way better than what I said. <laughs> right. Yeah. Almost. Not quite every other day. Right. Uh, and every other day is a lot. So not too many, not too many uh, two days off, two day off breaks there. Um, so, and then in addition to uh, that, the league has rescheduled three of the clubs up in contest, which this is what affects Jeff. Uh, the January 30th game versus Chicago has been rescheduled for February 12th. Uh, the February 1st game at Montreal has been rescheduled for February 17th. And the February 28th game against Philadelphia has been rescheduled for February 22nd uh, in Philly. So, And that was the game that Jeff was going to. And uh, Yeah, I don't know if I uh, shared this on the podcast yet or not. I think I was waiting. But basically what happened was uh, for my son's uh, – for Christmas, we told my in-laws, hey, get us some blues tickets for his uh, – for Christmas because uh, he's really come to love the blues and – while I was going to games, well, my mother-in-law made the mistake of uh, she bought some tickets, and uh, but they were in Philly for February 28th. So it, instead of her being, you helped me sell these, uh, it actually became, we're going to fly all of us out to Philly, and we're going to go to the game in Philadelphia. Well, because they moved it up, was it six days? My wife cannot take off on Wednesday. Um so they play on Tuesday now. She can't take off that Wednesday. So we have to basically cancel everything. That sucks. Which is a real shame. Yeah, we we're very upset about that. I I think now instead we're gonna go see a uh, a game here and uh, put our trip on hold for next season just because who knows what else can happen. But yeah, very upsetting. I really, really, really wanted to go to Philly this year and meet Gritty. That was what I was most uh... excited about. Gritty, right here. <laughs> this is how big of a fan I am. <laughs> Sucks. I'm sorry. That is sounding like a cool trip. Hey, you, you, do, do something like that again sometime. You, you, it's not like you can't do it again. Like I said, we're we're already talking about maybe yeah. next season. Uh, yeah. Maybe it'd be fun. Like because I've told them, I go Philly would have been great, but since it was such an accidental thing, like it wasn't planned. Uh, maybe let's plan a trip to Colorado. Ooh. Or Dallas, or someone in the division that could be a lot of fun. See, 
the in March, the Blues play in Nashville. I think we're going to go and, to that now. And I, yeah, we're going to that too. So uh, originally, we we said we're not going to go because we're going in Philly. So we were like, well, because uh, we were going to go, but we were like, well, you know, we're going to Philly in February 28th. I think it's March 11th. They're playing in Nashville. So I'm like, that'd be a couple weeks in a row of us traveling yeah. for Blues games. Just can't make that happen. Now I'm like, let's just fucking do it. Yeah, right? we Why are. Not? We're we're definitely going, but uh, I know uh, hotels are kind of sparse. Apparently, there could be a number of things going on in the area. So I don't know. We're looking into it. It should be a blast. Let's just, uh, you know, what we could do. It's an afternoon or, game too on Saturday. We can we can talk about this off air, but uh, maybe we just rent an Airbnb. Yeah, maybe we'll all of us. close. Because last time we went to Nashville, uh, we this was years ago. Um, we stayed at a hotel that had a shuttle that we took it back and forth to the Strip, which was great. Oh, nice. It worked fine. But ideally, you'd like to get something within walking distance of the Strip, maybe you know. Um, yeah. But uh, but the shuttle worked out really well. I mean, it was it was fine. It was, it ran every like fifteen twenty minutes or something like that. So you didn't have to wait long at all for a shuttle. So it, it was cool. It worked out well. I've had friends that stayed at a, at an Airbnb just outside of town before. Like they just rented a big house. There was like 10 of them there. And uh, they said that they just got one of those bigger Ubers and uh, yeah. they were at the rink within 10 minutes. So, yeah. Well, the shuttle was nice at the, the hotel right? because the shuttle was free, obviously. Right. And uh, it took, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes. That was it. It wasn't long at all. Rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. Is that where we're at? I think that's where we're at. That is yes, where we're at. yes, it is. Uh, Willie O'Ree's number was retired Tuesday night in Boston. The first uh, NHL first black player had his number retired uh, in Boston. O'Ree suited up in 45 games for Boston from 58 to 61, recording four goals and 14 points. His entire tenure there was marred by violence. Being the only black player in the NHL made uh, O'Ree a focus of vicious, racially charged attacks from horrific slurs spewed by fellow players and fans uh, to targeted altercations on the ice, one of which knocked out Ari's front teeth and broke his nose. So his last game was in 1961. Long, long, long overdue. Uh, well, I'm not sure what took so long, but uh, I remember when they announced this a while back. It was going to happen. But wasn't this this was postponed to COVID too, wasn't it? I think they, so. They announced this right? like a, a mm-hmm. year ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's funny because I, I remember seeing a comment back when they announced this. Somebody just looking at the stats what the hell? Why does this guy deserve his number retired? It's like, look at yeah. everything else that dude dealt with. It, you it, know, it, like it, it's yeah, it's like it's like a gas off and retired here. It's, it's it's like extenuating circumstances. It's a special case. Um, right. It's not about numbers. It's not about stats. It's about uh, a lot more than that. So um, right. Uh, NHL uh, COVID testing uh, changes, which is a big deal. Uh, according to Emily Kaplan of ESPN, the NHL will stop testing asymptomatic players after the All-Star break, uh, sources say. The All-Star break is uh, February 4th and 5th in Las Vegas. The plan is to test players upon arrival, but not to test them during their stay. Uh, the NHL and NHLPA have reached an agreement on the matter, uh, though the sides will meet again later this month, to assess the climate and formalize. So I guess to make it official. Um, the NHL will still uh, test all players and staffers before cross-border travel between the U.S. and Canada. Players who show symptoms will also be required to test. According to the NHL data, 73% of the league has tested positive this season. The NHL does not test a player for 90 days following a confirmed 
positive. So how nice of NHL to wait until almost every Blues player has tested positive for COVID before before uh, deciding to not test asymptomatic players. Literally, who's left? Is it Cairo, Scandella? Scandella. O'Reilly. Brown? O'Reilly. Uh, didn't he have it earlier in the season? I don't know, maybe. I thought there were like five or six mm-hmm. players. Or five players. Anyway, Perron's had it twice. <laughs> I thought uh, O'Reilly was the first blue to get it, actually. Yeah. Was he? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yep. Hmm. Early in the season. Hmm. So that's a that's a big deal. Um to not that and that's what the players have wanted. Um a lot of we're, we're suggesting, you know, players are they're not symptomatic. They feel fine. Um, so it, it's just a matter of them passing it on to other players then, you know, uh, more easily. Although it seems like a lot of players are getting it anyway at some point. So uh, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see when they stop this uh, to see if we see, I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, we've said before that, you know, it's a matter of spreading it as opposed to letting the player play and, you know, if he's not showing symptoms. So now we're probably going to see it spread more. Um, we'll see what that does to the families, to the staff of of the rinks. Um, it's a little concerning, but honestly, uh, it's, it's not shocking um, with seeing how many star players have had to sit out. I mean, Connor McDavid was recently just out because of it. Um, at the end of the day, this is a business, and the NHL has to do what's right for the business. And I'm not saying I completely agree you with know, it, but it makes yeah. sense. I just, I, I mean, I, I get it. I get from where they're coming from, but I, it, it makes me. I'm just very curious to see how it's going to work because I think we've. It, I don't know because the the every if you you know Omicron is is not supposed to be near as severe as uh, Delta was and uh, so you know that's why players are going to get it but not be symptomatic or if they are symptomatic it's real mild so um, you know more like a, a cold or a bad cold so we'll see um, like you said Jeff it's about the spread and we'll just see what happens I'm makes me weird <laughs> but uh you know i mean if it works out it works out i hope it does i hope it does um that'd be great but we'll see um i assume everyone has heard about uh a hall of fame reporter jim matheson and uh leon dreisaitl's interaction the other night so that was it and this has been kind of the talk of the hockey world recently about uh who was in the wrong and uh who did who who was a who was being a dick to who and uh, and actually, I couldn't believe Matheson said what he said. You just don't hear a reporter say something like this. Um, as, as much as, you know, as frustrating as it probably is to have players just simply not answer your question or give really vague, nothing responses, uh, or in this case, Drysaddle will even kind of be in a dick first um, to uh, to Matheson. It, it, Matheson's response was, well, we'll go ahead and play it for you. If you haven't heard it, um, this is the exchange. Did you think over the last two years you've been second in your division and you showed a lot of maturity, but now you've lost six in a row twice. Did you think your team was past that, not getting into these long losing streaks? Sure, yeah. Um, 
lots of reasons for why the owners are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason for the losses now? Is there, is there one thing that you, in your own mind you're saying, we've got to get better at that? Yeah, we, ha we have to get better at everything. Would you like to expand on that? No. You can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just I, answering your question. Yeah, you are. Whenever I ask you a question. I gave you an answer. Not very good one. Okay. Well, I have one more for you. Leon, you show your frustration on the ice last game against Ottawa. Is that a good thing when you show it so the other team knows you're frustrated? Yeah, it's a great thing, for sure. Good. Yeah. So, yeah, and that clip was courtesy of Sportsnet. So, um, <laughs> um, and, and Jeff, I, I hear you were in the media um, at one time. So, I was? Yeah. I was, <laughs> so um, I, I instantly thought of you in our conversations that we've had in the past about uh, my frustration with um, the, the vague softball setup type questions that they get asked uh, players a lot. And then the canned responses, the boring responses they give that never give you hardly any insight to what, you know, what actually, you know, fans that pay attention to the game want to hear. Um, but I mean, you ever hear anything like this? No, <laughs> never. Uh, this was, um, okay. So we want, we want personality out of players, right? I, I think, most people will agree with that. Um, so, you know, a lot of these good old Canadian boys, they grow up, you know, just kind of toeing the line, not saying what they really feel. And just, again, growing up, learning those canned responses, learned behavior, something that, you know, they saw their predecessors do. Um, so, yes, I'd love to see them get away from that and give real answers. It's clear that uh, Leon was not in a good mood. Uh, at the point in this press conference. And that just seemed to make Jim Matheson pissed. Um, Matheson did not handle this well. Um, I think if if he wanted to approach him and kind of come at him a little better, there's a better way of doing that, asking him why he's being so pissy. Uh, that's right. not uh, professionalism <laughs> no. at all. Uh, that's journalism 101. You don't just come at a player like that. Maybe you hit him with a tougher question and say, hey, when you made this play in the second period, yeah. do you stand by that? Do you think that was the right play to make? Then maybe you get a better response out of him. Ask him why he's pissy. That's an easy thing to just brush off I'm gonna, and just say, okay, this guy's a fucking idiot. I'm going to just approach it from the other side here just to have a back and forth. Um, Drysidle, and I'm not, I'm not excusing Matheson for what he said, but Drysidle started this. Did he not? I mean, he 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 pushed the buttons first. He said, you have all the answers. You know, whatever. You know, I'm not going to answer your question. And now, granted, the question he asked were kind of, you know, I mean, Drysaddle's in a bad mood, like you said. But the questions, the questions were the kind of questions where you're, he's not going to answer it. He's going to do what he did. He's going to say, oh, we got to work on everything, you know. Um, now, if I, I picture O'Reilly up there, you know what O'Reilly would have done? He would have said, i got to be better at my game. He's done that a lot. He's he's taken the brunt of the of the blame uh, for some of the problems uh, when the Blues have been struggling. 
Uh, and, but I, but dry went the route of, you know, everything, which is, you know, he just cover. he's not going to throw people under the bus, his teammates. He's not going to do that. And, uh, and Matheson knows that, but, uh, but with that said, you know, it's a typical question that you might want to, from a reporter and you might want to get an answer to that you just never do and you move on. Right. Uh, but dry gave a kind of a smart ass. A, definitely a smartest answer. And then Matheson comes right back over the top with something even worse. So uh, to me, I mean, they're both children in this whole thing, mm. but it's, it's something it's tells me. And after, after hearing from other Oilers fans who've kind of religiously watched it's this what he kind does. of thing, Matheson, that's Jim Matheson. Yeah. Uh, that's what he does. He tries to get under their skin. Um, so for a player who knows that a guy who's constantly in the, in the scrutiny of the media, um, I know he's, he's just going to say, well, that's Jim, you know, and Jim pisses me off. I don't like what he writes. I don't like what he says about me. I don't like what he says about my teammates. So I'm going to, you know, and, and then again, frustrations boiled over, not giving dry a pass on what he said, but clearly he was antagonizing him. And I think that that's part of. Uh, part of Dreisaitl maybe saying, you know, trying to say this guy's a joke, which, you know, yeah. don't read his shit. He's an idiot. That's kind of what he was trying to say there. And obviously, like you said, Matheson just was like, oh, you want to say that? Well, hold I'm going to basically call you a bitch. <laughs> yeah, hold my, hold my beer right? Yeah, with, the, right. with the inappropriate, with the, with the, yeah, the asshole stuff. I don't know. I, uh, what do you think, Bill? I, I thought Matheson came off as an entitled prick, quite honestly. <laughs> like, I mean, the, yeah, the the guy the guy's legendary, you know, been around forever up there in Edmonton. But I mean, just the there was like he felt entitled to an honest answer after antagonizing a guy. I, I don't get it. Um, but laughed my ass off, but. <laughs> Yeah. I just my jaw kind of dropped. I'm like, whoa, wow, he just said that. Holy cow! Do you think he would? And this is this is what I was thinking. You know, leading up to the show, do you think he would have had the balls to ask Chris Pronger that? Oh no! Time in Edmonton. Or or Tortorella. You know, no oh, that Tortorella would have ripped him. In. I mean, that would have been. Well, Larry fight. Brooks might have asked him that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's well, they went back and forth. Yeah. No, I I, uh, I I think Drysaddle's been such a kind of a good sport with things, and um, you know he's just been kind of the, the 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 soldier, you know, who's kind of taken the brunt of the you know him and McDavid, you know, taking a lot of the scrutiny. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> different time, Chris Pronger, John Tortorella, even like uh, Patrick Waugh, that question's not getting asked, but. Drysidle, you know, you know what? Though? He's taken shit before. You know what? Though, I mean, Edmonton has been bad. I mean, they've had a lot of games postponed, but they—they're not winning. They haven't won many games in a while, and no. and plus they've had games postponed. So they've last, and they've like two wins in the past what month and a half. Or yeah. Whatever. So the wins know. are or the losses right. are magnified. Yeah. Right. And and teams are passing them in the standings. Um, they're dropping like a rock when they were at the top uh, of the division in the conference. But uh, so I mean, they are not playing well. So on on the other hand, they 
you know, there's going to be tough questions and, and, uh, and they're frustrated. And I, I don't know, it, it's, it was, it seemed like a perfect storm for someone to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. McDavid, right. McDavid was vilified in the media just last week. Right. And the frustration that these two guys, they're, they are at the top of their game and they are playing, you know, like so, you know, on, on such a poorly constructed team that it, you know, I, I think a lot of that does seem to be bleeding through and, you know, they're, they're no longer, you know, just looked at as the great hockey players that they are, but, you know, they're human and they are totally done with putting up with this shit in Edmonton. I think that, to me, that seems like that's starting to come out. I wonder if it would ever uh, cause them to, you know, ask for a trade somewhere. I, I mean, I can't imagine that the media would cause them to do that, but... No. Yeah. No. Drysidle's not going to stop there and, you know look into the camera and say trade me right fucking now (laughs) (laughs) it'd be great that'd be the best media moment in hockey history probably you know this whole thing i mean it it, it's 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 interesting um and it makes for good conversation interesting conversation you know to get you know just one more thing to talk about um so that's i've always said i like chaos i like anarchy um in, in sports it's fun to talk about it's interesting um it makes a podcast more fun and it makes a social media a, a bigger shit show than it already is so it's that's interesting too um yeah i just Kurt, might why are you being so pissy <laughs> have you seen have you seen the other interviews that players have done when they edit in after they give a long explanation as yes players, and they say so why are you so pissy and they're like oh, excuse me <laughs> yeah there's a great one with so brandon funny. perlini where he gives like a real yeah. like in-depth answer and then you hear that yep why are you being so pissy and you see him go what yeah. <laughs> yeah i laughed pretty good that was a good one <laughs> Uh, I think we're going to wrap up the show. It was a long one. It was a good show, though. Well done, boys. Really good show. Really good show. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com. And get 10% off by emailing Dustin, rockinthatidlife at gmail.com, and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their awesome tap room. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up episode 19 of season 10 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've been bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder... And Bill Day. I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Chris Pronger forever. Let's go blues. Forever. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, 
There's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry.